What is up, everybody, Puckhouse listeners? This is Rick Adams. We got Jack Barris on the line. It's the NHL mock draft coming to you right now, right this second. Um, I can't wait to get into this. This is my favorite part. Uh, Jack, say hello. Hey, what's up, Puckhouse listeners? Jack Barris here. Good to be talking to you and Rick again. How you? Uh, how you holding up, Rick? How was your Fourth uh, of July weekend? Fourth of July was great. I got some crazy sunburn. Um, I used sunscreen. I don't know what happened, but um, it's all good. I got some aloe vera with me. We're we're cooling down, cooling off. Um, drinking some beers and uh, you know we're we're cooling down. We're cooling off. So I uh, just can't wait to get through this work week. Can't wait for the Thursday night NHL draft and. Um, I'm just so excited, man. The off season's here. Uh, it, it's this is my favorite part. That's all I got to say. This is my favorite part. I, I, uh, what do you got? What do you got, Jack? Perfect. I agree with you. This awesome time of year it goes by quick. You know, you only sure does. It's gonna be like an action-packed three weeks tops, and then it's over. Then you get the summer break, right? Everyone, hockey fans, players, management, everything—they get a big break. So. Up until probably late September. So um, it is a super exciting time of year. We got the draft coming up. We got free agency coming up. So it's like prime time for people like us to talk hockey, any hockey podcast, and in, in that sense that, you know, th- there's just so much to talk about. So yeah, let's talk about it. I would we've love been to. texting here and there and uh, talking about a few things that went down. And, you know, so everything that we talk about, we're excited to bring here and talk about. So. Definitely, yeah. Absolutely. I want to. I'm looking forward to get some feedback from some of our listeners. You know. Yeah, absolutely, folks. Any any of the listeners, let us know. You know, comment, text us, whatever you got to do. Um, it's gonna be good. I think what uh, Jack and I are gonna do on the day of the draft. I think we're gonna do. We're gonna go live, and we can have anybody to call in if they want. Do to give a little take here and there. You know, talk about the season, talk about next season, upcoming moves, whatnot. Listen, we're all open to having somebody in on the line and whatnot, so just call in and, um, you know, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it. We're not, you know, we're not scared to talk about it, so, you know, it's, it's what we do. Yeah, so, listen, folks, this will be a little little mock draft. We'll talk about uh, what what Jack thinks, who's going to pick where, and what what team will pick for this, for their needs. Rick's going to give his picks. Um, we'll talk about some moves that were made, some coaching decisions, some, you know, all this type of stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's what we're here to do today on today's episode. It's the mock draft episode. And, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's really about it. I mean, we could dive right into it, Jack, unless you got anything to say, uh, and mention before we get started here. No, you know what, Rick, I'm, I'm pretty good. We're, you know. I, I got some notes in front of me, a few things I wanted to definitely remember that I was thinking of because, you know, sometimes I got like good, something good on my mind and I totally forget about it and it kind of, you know. Yeah, I so hear you. I got to write it down sometimes so this way Jack Farris can remember it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a great 4th of July weekend too. I'm, I'm ready to go. So, um, yeah, we haven't really figured out 100% what we're doing for the actual draft, but we're going to be doing something. We're going to figure something out. Um because that's going to be an exciting day. I think that's going to be uh, one of the days with the most movement in the NHL. So we're going to have, you know, hopefully thing after thing to talk about, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as what's gone on so far, first things first, we didn't get a chance to mention it last pod. It happened pretty 
soon after our last podcast, the Kevin Fiala trade going from uh, Minnesota to L.A. True. What was your take on that? Um, I think, honestly, I didn't even think of L.A. as an option. And then when I saw that, I thought that was a great fit. Um, you still can't count out, count out L.A. Um, I'm excited for them, actually, because... You would have thought that they went through a rebuild, and I, I'm not. I don't want to hype up Fiella too much to the point where it's like a a prime Sidney Crosby acquisition. Obviously, that's not the case. But I think it's a great acquisition, and easily can slot into the top six. Could have been that missing piece that they needed in the in the playoffs, maybe. Um, who knows, though? That's subjective. I mean, it's 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 a great acquisition. I mean. How could you argue it, you know? I mean, Fiala came off his best season, right? Go in there, let's see if he does something equal. Hopefully he doesn't put up 40 points, you know what I mean, and, and flops. But, um, yeah, I think it's a good move. I think he could fit in that system. I think he will uh, – I think he's going to have a great time in L.A., <laughs> you know, off the ice, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good acquisition, why not? You know what I mean? Almost, it's almost like, why not? Why wouldn't they go for him? So, I mean, that's that's how I see it. Um, yeah, I I don't have much to say about it because I like the I like the move. Um, I, I want to see if they plugs in next to Kopitar. I want to see how they gel together. I, I I'm pr- I mean, if I was the coach, I'd plug him next to Kopitar. That's just me. Um, maybe even Dano, Philip Dano, but um. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's gonna be good. I think he'll mesh there. I think he'd be a good good fit in the system there that they have in place. And um, it's really it, honestly, man. What do you think? Yeah. So here's my take on it. Um, I I did I put some thought into this one because you know he's only I think he's 25 or 26 years old. Right. Um, yeah, he's 25. Uh, quite honestly, I think I I think it's an overpayment. I think it's too much money. If I wasn't NHL GM, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be giving Fiala that contract. He's making like a shade under eight million a year for seven years. I think that's a little rich for him. Um, the only reason I say that is because look, last year a Minnesotian awesome year, eighty-five yeah. points in eighty-two games played. That that's co- great. That possibly could have been his ceiling. I get it. No, I totally get it. And, and look, if he if he puts up eighty-five points every season, he's well worth seven point nine million, no doubt. Right. But right. It was the first right. time he did it. So it's a little tough to to say if he's going to do that or if it's kind of a flash in the pan because he was right. playing with Kaprizov and stuff like that. Right. So um, I'm not a huge Fiala guy. Like uh, You hear things, too, all the time. Like he, he's a little arrogant. He doesn't get along great with his teammates and stuff like that. You heard that about Nashville. He moved from Nashville to Minnesota. Minnesota's like, ah, we're going to give up on him, too, after his best year. So that makes you think. I know Minnesota's got cap issues. You know, they only have so much cap space, so they, they're kind of – restrained in, in what they can and can't do. Right. And they probably really couldn't afford to pay him. So right, they were right. like, let's just go get some assets for him. So I don't blame Bill Guerin one bit for that. But um, I don't know what you... That's uh, what's it called. I'm sorry, Rick. I got I got distracted here looking at his contract situation, his signing bonuses and whatnot. No, but um, that's... Uh, it's it's a tough one because he's he's been through two teams. He's twenty five now. He is in his prime. So like I, you know what, 
I'm, I'm a little bit back and forth in this one. I think if he puts up 85 points consistently, he's well worth 7.9 million. Absolutely. But if it's a flash in the pan, I think LA is going to regret that contract in a few years. For sure. No, I I think anybody could come to agreement with that. Um, I just you know what it is. I I like this his style of play. And when he's on a line with like Kopitar and Trevor Moore, I, I could see that I could just see that being a great line. Or if it's Dano and Trevor Moore, Fayala, um, I don't know. I just I don't know. Like like you said, listen, it's it, it could be an overpayment if he produces less than sixty points. You know what I mean? If it's at least sixty points and up, then it would be it would be pretty solid, pretty good. Um, who knows? Is is he a one hit wonder? You know. Um, I don't know. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and that, hey, listen, that's why this is the best part of the year because it's all speculation when, when new faces go to new teams and, and all these, uh, these hype ups and projections and all this stuff. That's, uh, that's, that's why we do this. That's why we love this. And, uh, then when it comes to game day, we, we love to see it develop and, and, and happen. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I do agree with the contract. Definitely is a bit of an overpayment, but like you said, if he does produce, then it look like fucking geniuses. Almost like with Kreider in a way. I remember when they signed first signed him. I'm just like, oh boy, that's a little bit of an overpayment now. And then he had a fucking spectacular year. So yeah. you know, it's it, who knows. It's all subjective. It's all pers- all subjective and perspective. And and listen, as long as he produces, then you look you look like a genius. So. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Really, at the end of the day, it's all we can say. Um, I think I. You know what though is I, I know I'm kind of repeating myself. I just like the fit. I like the fit a lot, actually. And um, yeah, I, I mean not to cut you off, Rick, but I think the only difference I see when you like you just mentioned Chris Kreider getting that you know the seven year extension with the Rangers a couple years back. Um, I just think a guy like Kreider has more tools in his toolbox, you know? Like, oh, for sure. He's big, he's physical, he goes to the front of the net, and he could also fly around. He's a good, awesome skater, he's fast, he could score. So, like, Fiala's fast, he's got a good shot, but he's not, I just feel like he's not an all-around awesome player. He's not going to play great defensively, he's not going to hit anyone, really. He's not going to get in the front of the net and score those goals, so. But, you know what? It's you know, goals don't come easy in the NHL. So you you know you get a guy that can score goals, you you got to pay for it. But uh, absolutely, that that's the bottom line on that one. Not to you know galaxy brain this too much. I just I think if, if he continues putting up eighty points every season, it's a good it's a good uh, trade and a good contract. But you know if he falls off and starts putting up forty points and stuff like that, then it's like eh, maybe you should have stayed away from that one. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, listen. We'll see. Time will tell. That's all I have to say, honestly. I like the fit, yeah. and, and at the end of the day, time's going to tell, and uh, I guess really we'll go from there. I, I just want to leave it at that because, like you said, you don't want to like overthink it and go too into depth because, I mean, there's only so much to say. So 100%. We'll yeah. see. See how it I, plays out. Yeah. I, I did want to uh, mention real quick, not, not a big story, but uh, – Brock Bester gets a three-year extension with Vancouver, and there was some rumors he was going to be traded. True. So now he's with, he's with Vancouver for three years. I think this walks up to unrestricted free agency. Um, Pretty sure it does. Could yeah. be wrong about that one, but any Canuck fans we have listening, um, that's good. You got three years at Besser. I, I like Besser. He's a guy that can score goals, consistently can score goals. And um, 
I mean, who else are you going to put on the wing with Patterson, right? Right. If he plays with Patterson, I don't know if it's going to be him or Connor Garland, but right. Usually right. he was on the power play with, with Patterson. Yeah. I like Besser. Besser made it pretty clear too in the media that he likes Vancouver. He likes right. the city. He likes playing there. So that's a good thing, especially as an American kid. You got a guy that likes being in Vancouver that can score goals. That's uh, you know they don't come around too often. Exactly. And and my biggest thing was. Um, if you get rid of him, who who are you gonna just simply replace right away or, or whatnot? Like who do you you know you know, that's the whole thing. It's like, okay, yeah, if 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 they wanted to move him, well who are you gonna replace him? Then if you have no other option, you know, due to cap space or due to not liking this guy, due to not fitting, you know, in the system, it's like who are you gonna really replace? So might as well re sign. I like the signing. Um I don't know. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I don't know where else he would land. Not that he wouldn't find a home. I'm not saying that, obviously. The guy's a good player. But um, I think it would be a little silly letting him go. You know? I, I think that would be very silly, actually. Not a, not even a little silly. It's just because he he, he produces. So, so why would you let him go, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, he was an RFA, so he was a restricted free agent, so it's not like he was going to walk away to unrestricted free agency. Right, right. But still, you get him three. You get him locked in in three years, it's a good number, six million, six fifty. So it fits into their cap, and, uh, you know, they're going to have a couple good years with him, and, and if, if they can't reach an extension by the end of that third year, they'll be able to trade him for assets, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting how that plays out as well. I think he's a good enough player as long as he stays healthy. Um, he'll keep producing, he'll keep getting better, um, and really, that's, that's about it, man, I mean, they gotta, you know what's funny, Jack, we, we never touched on Vancouver much, because we, we focused on the playoffs and whatnot, and they were out, and all that, but they're an interesting team, because they, I feel like they have a good team on paper, minus the blue line, aside from Quinn Hughes, um, they were just outside of the playoffs. I mean, they, you know, it, it's weird with them. They're, they're a very weird team. And, and I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a one word to describe them. It's kind of impossible right now since I'm on the spot, but I like Vancouver. I like Pete Pedersen. I like Quinn Hughes a lot. Um, I'm a fan of Bozer, Bozer, Brock, Brock Bozer. Um, I can't even say his name right now, but you know, yes, it, is it Besser? Okay, great. Besser, 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 whatever. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Listen, um, Thatcher, I like, I like, I like uh, Thatcher Demko and Bo, yeah, and Bo Horvat. I think he's a great I centerman. Bo, I think he's a great two-way centerman. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Bo Horvat flies under the radar. Obviously, mm-hmm. any Vancouver people listening, uh, probably you know you guys know him well, obviously, but. I think he's a real. He, I would love for like the Rangers to have him. He's like a perfect second second line center. Right. He's got a good. He got a good toolbox. Good face off guy. Can score goals. Sat, looks like a good leader. Um, right. Right. So I they think, should try to keep him. I don't know if his contract's up this year or if it's next year, but they should definitely try to keep Horvat in, in the fold for sure. I don't. I don't want to get too ahead of myself and about all these different players and whatnot, but I have a feeling a big breakout year for Elias Pettersson this year. This year coming up, I have a feeling he's gonna take off, and uh, if not, I think I think some moves might be made. As crazy as that sounds, and I hope you Canuck fans aren't freaking out, fucking punching your steering wheel, fucking losing it on me. But I could see them getting rid of him if he just completely. I don't know. I don't want to say completely dives and busts, but 
And then, yeah, I get it. His value will go low and whatever, but I can see him being moved if he doesn't produce. So, But I think I think he will, though. I think he is a good player. I actually drafted him on, on uh, our fantasy league we were in, and um, I was skeptical. I was skeptical. I was a little like, eh, I don't know. Then he started doing this and that. He wound up still putting up 20 goals in a season. I mean, if you still at least do a 20-goal season, you're still solid to me, young player, you know. So... I'm I'm projecting a uh, a big a big gear for him this upcoming season. So that's just my take right there. But um Yeah. I well here's my quick thing about Vancouver, just to like kind of give a rundown of their team since we're already on the topic. I think Thatcher Demko is gonna be a really good goalie. Me too. And I I think he I think if you have your goalie situation figured out, that's a big step. Yeah. Build you know, in, yep. in the obstacle co- in the obstacle course of building an NHL team, if you have a, a good young goalie, that's a huge step. Um, I think if you have Horvat, Pedersen, Besser, Garland, I don't know what's happening with JT Miller. I don't know if they're going to trade him, if they're going to extend him, if they're going to keep him for this year and let him go to free agency. Who knows? Um, but he's an awesome player. Uh, you know, they weren't able to get it done last year, obviously, but I think if Demko takes another step we all know how good Quinn uses I think where their detriment is is on the blue line because aside from Quinn Hughes they don't really have any great defensemen besides Quinn Hughes right you know, Tyler Myers isn't bad big defense he's paid a lot of money but he's you know he's like a little bit past his prime now he's he's you know big cap hit I, I don't know if he's you know he's not the player he used to be but I think they got to work on their blue line. They got to do something about their blue line if they want to be a competitive team again. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, blue line is is pretty big deal. I mean, look at Colorado, look at teams like Tampa, you know. Um it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, oh, we'll be talking about them more this summer, you know. Uh, no, we will. Like you said, we really just didn't speak about them a whole lot yet just because, you know, we're so focused on Tampa, Colorado, and all the teams in the playoffs. But they're an interesting team. And uh, I think the big question mark for them right now is what they're doing with JT Miller. Yeah, that's a big – that's very true. It's very, very true. But uh, we'll find out soon enough, that's for sure. Absolutely. Just to get into some – just to kind of get into some quick things here. Jim Montgomery, coach of Boston. He was with Dallas for a while. Um, then he was with St. Louis as an assistant. I guess the Bruins management liked him because he kind his name kind of came out of nowhere, right? And they replaced uh, Bruce Cassidy with him. I don't know if you know a lot about this guy or if you you know you got any comments to make on him, but uh, if not, we could move on. But I, I actually out there, don't. But. I don't know much of him. The name sounds very familiar. I definitely heard of the name. You said he was with Dallas beforehand. See, he was Dallas's head coach, and they actually let him go for uh, some. He was having issues, I believe. If you look it up, I don't want to, you know, tarnish the guy's name. He was having drug or alcohol issues or something like that. Dallas let him go. He was actually doing a good job with Dallas. So I guess he figured out his life and, and turned it around um, because he was with St. Louis for a bit as an assistant coach right, after that. Right. And okay. Now the Bruins seeked him out and. He uh, he interviewed with the Bruins and you know the Bruins signed him to a three year deal to be the head coach. Do you, do you know what year? So he was, do you know what years he was with Dallas? Was it like twenty fifteen ish, or was it when he was with the cup? What the cup run? Uh, I think it was. I think it. I don't know if it was the cup run. Honestly, it might have been before COVID, or maybe the year of COVID when it started. Um, okay. 
I was thinking earlier, like question. like 2015-ish. I don't know why. The name sounds familiar. I definitely heard of the name. Um, no, I definitely don't know much about him, so I really don't have much to say. Um, I, I think he. I think he's in for for a uh, you know a tough job, especially right off the bat. Because I, sure. I think the Bruins, um, they're gonna have some trouble. Yeah. And I, the reason they're gonna have some trouble is Mac, Charlie McAvoy's out until I heard like Christmas time. He had, uh, I believe, shoulder surgery. Brad Marchand's gonna be out for about the same amount of time. Uh, I think Matt Grizzlick, the the defenseman on the broom, I think he's hurt too. Um, they have a lot of issues going on with injuries. Right, right. Um, so they're you know that's tough. I, I don't know what they do in free agency. I have a few things like that I think they may do. Um, if they're able to do it cap space wise, but they have a lot of injuries, and their their number one defenseman is going to be out. Brad Marchand is going to be out for a while so you know it's tough to say if they're uh if they're going to be a competitive team especially in the beginning i think they got a they got a lot of things to figure out there yeah i could see the bruins being in some trouble um i actually was very unaware about the marchand situation i knew about mcavoy i didn't know till christmas though I didn't know that it was that lengthy. I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's like the first three, four months of the season. He had that's a serious a big surgery. Deal. No, serious, that's a big deal. That's serious, a, like... Uh, yeah, no, that's a big deal. I, I had no idea about Marshawn either. Um, well, at least... I mean, at Mike least, Riley, too, the defenseman. He's like a third-parent hmm. defenseman. He's, uh, he's hurt, too. I believe he had shoulder surgery as well. Right. So, we'll see. You know, you don't... I haven't done my homework on the Bruins, honestly, at all this offseason or anything. And we'll get into that after the draft, post-draft. You know, we'll do our, our um, maybe maybe we'll do like five teams to focus on, you know, each episode after the draft and free agency. Once the teams and rosters are situated, we'll go through, you know, all the teams, what we think, predictions, projections, all that stuff. Um, actually, I, that's a, like, I feel like uh, it's funny, even though they were in the playoffs, like, We didn't touch on the Canucks. I feel like we didn't touch on the Bruins at all. You know? Well, I think we spoke about them a little bit after their series with Carolina, when Carolina beat them. But uh, True. But, yeah, I mean, they, they have a lot of injuries now. So, it, it's – who knows, though? You know, it's really too tough to judge them because we didn't get past the draft and free agency. They could make some big trade that we're not aware of right now. They could add a piece in free agency that really – helps them out majorly you know so right. i'm just saying if, if you're mission if you're missing marshawn and mcavoy and a couple other depth defensemen for you know three months of the beginning of the season you know that could really put you behind the eight ball hmm. all right hey, listen time will tell um they're definitely in for a rough start to the season though given given the uh the facts that you presented here um so, listen, time will tell. I don't want to focus too much into it because it is the NHL mock draft uh, episode. But what what else What else do you got to mention that is uh, – well, I, I don't want to discredit anything you said before at all, obviously. But what, anything anything breaking that Jack Farris has for us before we dive into the NHL mock draft? Yeah, I, I got a little bit of, of a Jack Farris's call on this, and we'll see if I'm right. Um, 
we've seen Mike Greer become the new GM of the Sharks today, right? And I love I think it. that's a, it's a great move for yep, them. I, think I love it. Yeah. Former player. Yep. Understands players. Yep, exactly. Um, I think he's going to be a good fit there. And he's going to so do too. a great job. I know he, he worked under Chris Drury a little bit with the Rangers. So uh, I, Really? Seen, I didn't yeah. know that at all. Yeah, I believe they played together in Buffalo. So they were pretty good friends back in the no day. So, uh, that's awesome. He's, uh, you know, he's got a, a tough job ahead of him because if you look at San Jose and San Jose Sharks fans, no Sharks. I'm Sharks fans. I'm sorry. I think San Jose is one of the biggest mess. And not to cut you off, Jack, but I think I said it whether it was on a podcast earlier in the episodes or I said it to you one on one privately or through text or whatever or a phone call. I think you're going to see San Jose the next bottoms feeder of next season. And I'm not saying I think the Coyotes will progress that much to that point, but I w- it wouldn't shock me if San Jose is completely last and gets the first overall pick in the 2023 draft. It just wouldn't shock me because you got two bad contracts with Carlson and um, Jesus Brent Burns. Um, who Who's their shining star right now? You know what I mean? Hurdle? Well, here's the thing. Here's why I think the Sharks are, are worse off. Cause I actually disagree with you. I don't think they're going to finish last. I don't I think, think they're they that bad. I think they're stuck in like the mushy middle. They're not going to be competitive enough to, to challenge for a Stanley Cup, I don't think. They're really not. Definitely but not. I think they have – I don't think they're even going to be good enough to get in the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to bottom out enough because they still have some decent pieces there. They have Logan Couture. They have Thomas Hurdle. They have Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer had a great year last they ha- year. They have some decent players. Brent Burns is still pretty good. He he's makes a ton of money, and I'm sure they would move him if they could, but he's still a pretty good defenseman overall. Um, they have Burns. They have Eric Carlson that's often injured, making like $11.5 million. Right. I don't think you'll be able to move that contract. They're I in can't cap see any, issues. That's I can't see, sorry, sorry. Go I, ahead. Sorry. I can't see anyone wanting that contract, even right. if they like Carlson. Exactly. Because how do you justify putting $11.5 million on your books for the next five years? Yeah, when yeah he's this not guy's, Matthews. You know? He's always hurt. Yeah. He's always hurt. He makes a lot of money, and he's not the Eric Carlson he was you know, four or five years ago with Ottawa Senators in his prime. So they're, they're in for, you know, I don't know if it's a possibility they buy Carlson out. Is that possible? Does that make sense money-wise for them? Will they save a lot of cap space? I don't know. Um, I think they're going to need cap space to make moves. They also have Mark Edward Vlasic making $7 million for another like four years. Right. Um, they have some bad contracts. They don't really have a good goalie. They don't have any like shining prospects coming up to kind of turn the team around. Um, you know, he's going to have some work to do, there's no doubt. But time will tell what he does. You know, he may do something that really shocks us. Maybe he buys Carlson out. Maybe he's able to trade Burns. You never know. True. Um, or he does something else. You know, these GMs have their ways of, of and their strategies of doing certain things. But um, I, one thing I was going to call, especially if they start making moves and adding young players to their lineup and getting rid of some of these, like, older guys on big contracts, I think David Quinn's going to be the next coach of the San Jose Sharks. The former Rangers coach. Hmm. Former Boston University coach. Right. Reason well, I say that is, is Mike Greer has connections to David Quinn and Boston University. And David Quinn was in the mix for the Boston Bruins job, but he got beat out by Jim Montgomery. 
Right. He still wants to coach in the NHL. I think, like, a lot of Rangers fans don't really like Quinn. I was just going to ask you. I was just going to ask I you. I questioned that. a lot of things he did as well. Right. As a Rangers fan, he did some quite, some weird stuff that I, I honestly didn't really like. Certain things, I was like, what is he doing? Um, he was kind of trying to run an NHL team like a college team, and it's just it's two different things at the end of the day. But I think, you know, every everything you do in life comes with experience, right? So maybe I still think Quinn's a, a good, smart hockey mind. Right. And maybe he sees the mistakes he made in New York and he's able to okay. fix them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that wouldn't shock me one bit if they if they hired David Quinn as that coach of the Sharks. Now you're just saying that because is he friendly with with Mike Greer, knows him from the past and whatnot. Like what's the what's the history yeah. between that? Because I I don't yeah. I have no idea. Let, let the listeners know. Yeah, yeah. Mike Greer has connections to Boston University. David Quinn was the the coach of Boston University. Um. He was with the Rangers, so he's familiar with David Quinn from that time. And the only way I see the Sharks going is is getting younger players and, and kind of rebuilding and retooling. Right. And, and you know, he's David Quinn's kind of the coach that comes in and, and coaches younger guys, like guys that are developing. Um, right. You know, who who else is on the coaching market that the Sharks are going to hire? I mean, look, it it doesn't take a rock scientist to figure out the Sharks aren't going to win the cup this year. There's no. You know, you're right. not going to take Barry Trotz being like, oh, the Sharks no, are, no. Are, are about to win the Cup. <laughs> My go to San Jose. Yeah, no, no, definitely so not. So I think they're, if Mike Greer is smart, which I think he is, he's probably going to bring in a guy like Quinn that can develop young players and start the, the retool in San Jose. Maybe you move, yeah. get rid of one of these massive contracts, bring in some younger players. What You know, you know who I could see? Listen, not to cut you off. You know who I could see, and I hate to say because he's a great player, but maybe he deserves a better opportunity instead of wasting his career away in San Jose. Sorry, San Jose fans, but um, what's Timo Myers' uh, contract status? I mean, he's got to be making less than Brent Birds or Carlson, right? I could see him getting moves for some future pe- uh, picks or prospects or a, or a guy ready now, um, just due to the fact if hey, if they're going to go in this full rebuild, then then. What's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's he's entering the last year of his contract, um, six million a year, and he's going to be a restricted free agent. So you're going to see they're going to get a big extension done with him, or they're going to trade him, and they'll probably get a lot for him because he's 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 a damn good player. He had 76 points last year in 77 games played. Right. 35 goals. I mean. Guy's a good player, no doubt. So they're either going to give him kind of the money he wants in a sense and lock him in and, and build around him in a sense because he's only, what, 26 years old, I think? 25, actually. So he's in his prime. So it would make sense for them to extend him long term. But if they don't and they trade him, I'm sure they're going to get a lot for him. You're going to have teams lining up to trade for that guy. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. It's uh, interesting. Sharks are kind of an interesting team to see what they do. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah, to move on from the Sharks, I don't want to spend too much time with them. We'll watch out for who they hire as coach and what they do with the draft trade-wise or free agency wise But just a couple quick things I want to touch on before we jump into the draft. To break it. Everyone's saying this guy's getting traded. Everyone's saying, you know, it's more likely he gets traded than not. People are saying Philly. Yeah, um, I heard that. I heard that. Uh, yep. A lot of people are saying Philly. I have two things to throw out there, and they're in the same division as Philly. 
that I think Dabrinka could go to. One of them, the jer- Jersey. I could see, I don't know why I could see him go to Jersey. I could see him go to Jersey because, number one, they have the cap space. Yep. They'll be able to extend him. Um, and I think Jersey's ready to take a step. They've been bad for years now, and they've accumulated a lot of young picks, um, a lot of young prospects, a lot of quality prospects. And I think they're trying to take a step here and maybe challenge for a playoff spot. So you add to break it to the wing of Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, that's really, you know, that's it's stepping up step. your team quite oh, a bit. 100%. You know? 100%. Guy's a 40-goal scorer, you know. I mean, um, they. I think they would have to trade that second overall pick, no doubt. Um, I don't see what else you're yeah. offering. But, Which um, I don't know if they want to do that. That's the whole thing. You know. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I heard the Flyers. I heard the Devils. I heard he might stay. I heard even stuff about the Kraken. I've heard stuff going. To, I heard him going to Blue Jackets. I heard him. You know, there's rumors all over the place. The to, the top two I've heard was was Flyers and the Devils. Like you mentioned about the Devils. Um. I don't think it would be a one for one. You know, swap uh, the second overall and to bring it. I think it would be a second overall, a ready player and a prospect, um, and rightfully so, honestly, because only because the Brinkett has produced and and yeah, you give him his smaller stature and whatnot, but the guys he produces, he he's he's a goal scorer. So and he's fast as fuck. So you know, I I don't think that's too much to cough up for him, but um, I don't know if the Devils want to do that. So. 40 goals. I, Here's another team. I think they would, but it depends on who they give up that's NHL now ready. You know what I mean? But go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. Here's another team that I could see him going to. Your New York Islanders, Rick. Really? The reason I say this, they got about $12 million in cap space. He's coming in at like 6.4 in the last year of his contract. Lou Lamorello is a quiet GM. You don't hear much about him. He's not telling the media anything, right? True. So, Very true. Yep. Under the radar. I could see the Islanders giving a first in Wallstrom and maybe oh, like another man. prospect for the Brinkett. Once you said I don't Wallstrom, know if it gets it done. Once you said but, Wallstrom, that that hurts me. Um, it does, but I think that's the only listen, way you get to break it. And listen, at least you know Debrinket's coming in at his prime and he's going to put up 40 goals a year. He, hear me out with Wallstrom real quick since we're on this topic. Um, I don't think... Trotz gave him a fair shot. I think Wallstrom is such a skilled forward. Um, it almost reminds me of what Garth Snow and Nino Niederreiter, and I know those are two different, completely play, two different complete players. Um, and it's kind of like a Ho Sang thing. And I know, I know Ho Sang had a attitude thing and all this other shit. And he woke up late for like practice and just, I get that stuff. But I'm just saying, given a fair shot type of deal. I know Ho Sang kind of made his own choices and did whatever, but. Um, I don't think Trotz gave Wallstrom a fair shot. I think with the new coach involved, I think he's going to get top six minutes. I don't think he's going to be scratched for fucking majority of the games. Um, I think we're going to see Wallstrom get some real playing time and finally see what he's all about. Um, me personally, if I was Lou Amaral, I wouldn't give up Wallstrom for Debrinkit. Yes, I know Debrinkit has proven himself and Wallstrom has something to prove, but... Honestly, anybody else but the, uh, Wallstrom. Only because he's young and he has a very, very, he has high potential to be great. So, 
If if they told me they were gonna get rid of fucking Pago Pajo, if I can't pronounce his fucking name, JP Pago, um, I wouldn't be upset. You know what I mean? Um, right. a first and Pago. Um, a first and uh, I don't even want to say Nelson because Nelson came off his best year ever. Um, but and that's not what Chicago's looking for. Chicago's looking to rebuild. If they're getting yeah. ready to break it, they're not bringing in Nelson, a veteran mm-hmm. on a long term contract. Mm-hmm. They, they want picks. They want prospects. Yeah, that's they're not Chicago bringing wants. in exactly. They're not. No, you're you're right. You got to be realistic. They're not. They're not bringing in fucking Josh Bailey. Of course not. But um. You know, Wallstrom would, would be tough to let go because just because I, I, I actually like Wallstrom a lot. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And this past season with the Islanders, it was so frustrating to see me to see him healthy scratched a lot and this and that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So I think with the new coach involved, Lane Lambert, I think um, he's going to get more playing time than, than he did last season. I think we're going to see some greatness out of him. Um, that's my projection. But, um, no, listen, would I be upset if we got to brink it? Absolutely not. But it depends on who we let go. Um, it's all subjective. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, that, listen, it could be fucking like, uh, hey, we let go of Wallstrom, but the brink it came in, put up fucking 50 goals and got us back to the Stanley Cup final. Like, you don't know until it happens. You know what I mean? So... You know, yeah, it's very hard. To, yeah, it is. It's very hard to be. You know, yeah, this, that, great. Oh, yeah, no, but I don't know. It's um, me personally, I wouldn't give up Wallstrom. That's just me. That's me. If I was the GM, I know DeBrinket has proven himself, and Wallstrom still has something to prove. But you know, it's I, I have like a sentimental thing with, with Wallstrom for some reason. I don't know why, but I like him. Yeah, well, he he's still young, and he's. He's an American kid, East Coast kid. Um, I can see how you don't want to give up on that kid, on him. I really do. But I'm just saying, I, I it wouldn't completely shock me if, if he's like, if they replace him, he's a right winger, right? Like with the break it. Right. And they give up that in a break right. and that gets it done for Chicago. Because Chicago's like thinking, all right, we get bringing Wallstrom. He's young. We can develop him. And, right. You know, like I said, they're not, Chicago's, they're, you know, if they, they traded Brandon Hagel, they traded Duncan Keith, they traded, um, uh, they traded at you know who else like they they traded a lot of guys so and if they're trading to break it like they're pretty much saying like yeah we're rebuilding like you don't trade a guy that's twenty four twenty five years old that scores forty two goals and then say oh no yeah we're not you know if you're trying to compete you don't do that um so <laughs> you know what's interesting about this is yeah I think the break it gets traded somewhere whether it's Philly the Islanders Devils you know. Who knows where Dallas, you know, for all we know, but, um, I don't think like you got to wonder like Pat, what Patrick Kane's thinking. I know. Cause you keep seeing guys go out the door and he's probably like, all right, well, I wonder if he moves. No, if you guys have no plans of winning, then, uh, maybe you should move me too. Yeah. Contender, Which know? makes sense. I mean, rightfully so. He already won what three cups with them. Like, you know, I don't think, it, I don't know. You know, it's funny because he mentioned that he's like, oh, I would be honored and I would love to retire as a Blackhawk. But, like, does he want to lose for the rest of his career now? You know what I mean? Because they're in a rebuild for the next, like, let's just say three, four years. I don't know. I, I would, me personally, I wouldn't. You know, right. me personally, I would I would want to be moved, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I think, you know, 
it's either that or you know i think he's only got like another year on his contract so it's either that or he'll go somewhere else after that but i mean if you're chicago and you're you're trading all your guys that are good right now just to get picks and prospects and rebuild the, the whole team again i mean uh, you know you might as well trade Kane and taste for what you could get for them and you know because what's the point like you're not going to win with them and you're not going to resign them so but who knows you know it's maybe they think of it more sentimentally because they they've been with the city their whole career and they've won cups and everything else i don't know but i you know wouldn't shock me if kane wants to go somewhere else i'd love to see him on the rangers yeah i mean listen he's from buffalo maybe he goes to buffalo i doubt it because he want he would lose there too sorry buffalo sabers fans even though that they did finish the season strong i must have to say um i must say honestly it's 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 actually pretty uh Interesting how the Sabres finished strong, and I remember texting you and and uh, Dino, Dino Donnellino actually uh, saying that you know they they finished strong. Um, I, I thought the Sabres showed some hope. I thought they showed some future. So hey, maybe they do get a guy like Patrick Kane. Maybe make a good pick. Maybe get an NHL ready guy. Maybe maybe sign some UFAs, and and maybe they who dude honestly who knows they honestly they finished so strong to me I'm like okay so there's some hope in buffalo you know what i mean um imagine kane on the rangers i don't know the cap situation you're you're more the ranger guy but um that would be sick if he was on the rangers i mean that's just unreal honestly i think chicago would have to hold half his, his salary cap uh True. kane's making 10 and a half so if you know if uh, Chicago held five and a quarter, they might be able to fit it. I don't know what the Rangers would have to give up. Um, all I hear about is, oh, Ra- you know, Rangers got to get rid of Kako. I'm I'm one of the guys that disagrees nah, with that. Him. I disagree with the whole get rid of Kako, give up on him this quick uh, train. You know, I really do. I think he's still young enough where he can yep. turn into a real stud. Absolutely. Um, does getting Patrick Kane like tempt me? To move him, yes, it tempts me, but I don't know if ultimately it's the best decision. I'm sure Kane would love to come to New York, like you said. He's from upstate New York, so it's a lot closer to where he lives. He'd be playing with Panarin, who he used to play with. I'm sure Panarin and Kane would love to play with each other again. True, and very true. The Rangers, look, whether you like the Rangers or not, they're they're on the the rise. Like they have a real chance to win to win a cup next Absolutely. year for a few more years. So, you know, um, if he's going to go anywhere, I could see him going to the Rangers. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Absolutely, um, and and like we said, Jack, we'll, we'll we'll dive into more speculation and projections and and moves once once um I think once post draft happens, once we do the the post draft wrap up and all this stuff, because um I think there will be some trades on on uh, on uh, draft day, but uh, yeah, you know what, Rick, I I got a few other things I wanted to to jump in too quick and, and talk to about but we could save it till after the draft like if you if you fans stick around if you've listened this long we're gonna jump into the draft soon and I, I just wanted to run through a few more things um a couple hot button topics like free agents wise quick quick hits you know just seeing you know where they're gonna go or not go and stuff like that so we're probably gonna dive into the draft and do our mock drafts and then we'll uh we'll wrap up with talking about a few other players all right sounds good go ahead Go ahead. What do you got for us, Jack? What do you What do you got for Rick Adams and the listeners of the JNR's Puckhouse? What do you got for us, Jack? Well, as far as the, as far as the draft goes, or is these hot button topics? We'll We'll dive into them. Why not? Real quick. Real quick. If it's going to be real quick, let's, all right, talk, all right. let's talk about it. Real quick. 
<laughs> I mean, the, we got we got the obvious ones. We talked about the Brinkett already. Okay. We didn't dive into the McDonough going to Nashville trade. Tampa frees up. Yes, actually, McDonough. Let, yeah, I would love to talk about that real quick. Go ahead. What do you got for us? Look, they trade McDonough to Nashville. Um, I think they probably he had a no movement clause, so I'm guessing they came to him and said, "Look, like we have teams interested." Um, we're going to have to move you because they have Sergachev and Hedman on the left side and they need cap space. I don't think they really wanted to. And I'm sure every player on Tampa Bay didn't want McDonough to leave. I don't think he's they been a warrior to. for yeah. them. You're right. Yep. But like, where else are they freeing up cap space? You're not trading yep. Hedman. You're not trading Stamkos. You're not trading Point. So they had to move McDonough. They free up, I think, 6.750 in cap. Um, Smart they get trade. The guy, Philip Myers. Who's, Smart trade for Tampa. Yeah. I like it for both teams. I think yep, he's going to do good too. in Nashville. And me too. Now you look at look at Nashville's left side. Now they have McDonough, Ekholm, and Yossi. I mean, they got a nice. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty damn good, honestly. Uh, their right side's a little skeptical. Like they got that guy Dante Fabro, who hasn't really developed yet. Um, so maybe they add a piece on the right side or something like that. We'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, they you know Tampa kind of had to do it because they wanted they already signed Nick Paul to a long term extension. Right. I think they want to. Resign Palat, which they definitely should. That guy's clutch, right? And I you think know. that's why they made that move to resign Palat. Yeah, I think I think it's Palat, but I also think I think they want to get long term extensions done for Cernak, Sergachev, and Sorelli. True, um, very true. And they're all entering the last year of their contract, their RFAs. I think maybe Julian Breesbaugh is like, look, maybe you know you free up McDonough's cap space for the next few years. Now they can get Sorelli signed long term. Um, Sorelli and Sergachev are both important pieces, especially Sorelli. I mean, yeah, you definitely need to Sorelli. you need to get Sergachev sure. done. You know, Sergachev Hedman is that's like the bulk of your blue line right there. But uh, they definitely need to um, get Sorelli signed long term. So I think it's that, and obviously they re-signed Paul, and they're trying to get Plot done. So kind of left them with no choice. And maybe once McDonough said. Oh, Nashville is interested. I'll go there. Who knows who else was interested? I don't know. But, you know, if Ottawa or Winnipeg was interested or Buffalo or Columbus, maybe he was saying no. He's like, no, I'm not going there. But once Nashville was interested, he was probably like, all right, I'll go to Nashville. You know, it's a nice state, nice city. The team's pretty good. Um, so, you know, I, I think it, it works out for both teams, this trade. I agree. Um, I mean, the guy led the league in, like, block shots for, like, a while now. I'm um, pretty sure he lived the playoffs and block shots. McDonough. Um, I, I don't think you could go wrong if they had the cap space to afford him and to re-sign Forsberg if they do. Um, you know, I don't think it's a bad move. Like you said, I think it's great for both teams. I think it's great for Tampa specifically given the fact that they get rid of him and most likely sign Palat. Um that's honestly that's about it really um i don't know much about the acquisitions they brought in about what was it philip myers and whatnot um but well, yeah, he's not making a lot of money he's a right hand shot D-man. right he didn't work he, philly traded him to nashville in that ryan ellis trade and then he didn't really work out in nashville so we'll see what happens with him i wouldn't be shocked if he goes to tampa and plays pretty well because it's tampa right but um we'll see what happens with him but at least they get a defenseman back Right, exactly. Maybe could fill that spot and whatnot. Um, All right. So. Well, 
I'm going to run through a few other things I just wanted to touch on before the draft because I, I know I've been rambling on here and I know the listeners are probably, you know, interested in hearing about the draft. Yeah, I know. They're probably like fucking want... freaking out. They're like, let's go. Let's go. I'm going to fast forward this shit, you fuck faces. Yeah, I know. Jack Ferris is in a talking mood. So this might be like a two hour podcast. But no, I'm going to run through this stuff real quick. Um, Toronto, Jack Campbell. They need to figure out their goalie situation. They don't have a ton of cap space. Yes. He's not signed yet. Yeah. Uh, Jack Ferris calls it now. I don't think Toronto gets a deal done with him. I think he's a, a Detroit Red Wing come this summer. Ooh, he's I a, love that. A, I love that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I love that. Holy shit. Well, let me ask you this. Do they move? Uh, oh, boy. Here's a butcher. Here's a Rick Adams butcher right here. Nekladovich. What, what's his name? Do they move him? I don't, think they, I don't think they have to. They have cap space, and I think Campbell's a Michigan kid. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if the Delta like is, is wow. the answer. Um, I could see him going to the Red Wings. I think the Red Wings are trying to be more competitive, and they'll offer more money in Toronto. I heard rumors but, about them moving Larkin or Petuzzi. What do you think about that real quick since we're on the topic of them? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so Unless, either. like, a really good offer comes along. Steve Eisenman's yeah. a smart guy. He's not just going to give those agreed. guys away. He's, no, agreed. He, he's, agreed. He's very uh, calculated. So, I, you know, if they do move Petuzzi – Maybe if they can't read, you know, he's still under contract for another year, so he doesn't have to move him. Right. Um, but if he decides maybe he doesn't see him in the long-term plans, I sh- I'm sure he can get a lot for Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi's a good player, and a lot of teams would probably like him. So uh, especially with the way he plays, he'd be good in the playoffs too. But we'll see what happens. Detroit's a very interesting team. I'm super intrigued to see what they do because I think they have some nice pieces there. they got nice prospects, but I also think it's kind of time for them to take a step and get more competitive. And I think adding a guy like Campbell, Andrew Copps, another guy I could see going to Detroit. I would love for the Rangers to keep him. I don't think they can afford him. <clears throat> Copps, a Michigan guy, and Detroit needs centerman. And I think Eisman will probably offer a cop more money than Chris Jury's going to offer. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So we'll see where that goes. The other guys I want to talk about quick Philip Forsberg. He's not signed with Nashville yet. I do think he stays in Nashville. I think this is going to go so into free agency or whatever, maybe up until the last moment. But I do think he winds up being a predator. Um, Nashville's the only team that could offer him eight years. Um, Nashville's a good income tax state. So I think that you know he's going to make the most money staying in Nashville. So if Nashville's Absolutely. offering him, say, $8 million a year, even if he went to market and got $9 million a year from like Seattle – for seven years, like he'd still make more money staying in Nashville. And right. Nashville's a pretty good competitive team, so why wouldn't you want to stay there? I think he stays in Nashville ultimately. Latang Malkin on Pittsburgh, that's a tough one. Um, I it think if Pittsburgh tough. wants to be competitive still and take another run at it, they have to get Latang done. He eats a lot of minutes. Yeah, he's, he's a really good solid. defenseman. I don't think solid. you could, you're not replacing him. I mean, they're, no. Pitt, I don't, Pittsburgh's blue line already is kind of like, you know, lacking a little bit. Right, um, right, right, right. I think if you let Latang walk, it's, it's you know, you might as well start rebuilding because if you let Latang and Malkin walk, yeah, you might as well start rebuilding because they, they need Latang. He's a lot of minutes. He's a power play quarterback. They, yep. they need definitely need Latang. No, they definitely Malkin, do. I don't know what's going on with Malkin. Um, he's going to probably have to make a decision. Pittsburgh probably doesn't have a ton of cap space, but they have enough. I think they definitely have enough to sign Malkin and Latang. Absolutely. Um, so I think they need to get both of those guys done if they want to have a competitive year. Unless Malkin's thinking differently and saying, "Hey, I'll go play in L.A. or you know, uh, maybe maybe the Rangers or you know, I don't maybe the Panthers. I don't know if Panthers have cap space for him. But unless you know Malkin's thinking differently, but if he wants to be a Penguin, he'll probably have to take you know a fair contract and 
you know, get it done. I've heard Vincent Trocek's name around, like, he's a Pittsburgh guy, and I don't know if him and Carolina are going to work out a long-term extension. So you could see Trocek maybe going to Pittsburgh. I've heard him maybe going to Boston. Who knows? I don't know if Pittsburgh will have the cap space for it. I think Trocek would probably fit in really good in, in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, if you have him instead of Jeff Carter on the third line, I don't know. We'll see what happens. They may not have the cap space to get all that done, but they definitely need to get Latang done. That should be their priority, so we'll see where that goes. Johnny Goudreau watch. I think he's gone. I don't think he's on the Calgary Flames anymore. I don't think – I think, you know, I, I think if, if he wanted to be a Calgary Flame his whole career – he would have got it done already. Calgary's probably going to give Very him eight true. years and whatever well money he wants because he's well their said. best player. Yep. And he would have taken it already. I think he wants to go to free agency and see what's out there. And I he's think definitely going to offer him some. Definitely going to test. I agree. I don't think he's going to be a Calgary Flame. Um, but, yeah, he definitely is going to test. Like you said, if he, if he wanted to be a Calgary Flame, he would have just signed already. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's not like Calgary's not willing to pay him. Right, they're, they're, exactly. They're willing to pay him. Give him the eight years, and he probably wants to see what out what's out there. You know, is there a possibility he lands in Philly or, or New Jersey or maybe Boston or something like that? Maybe even the Islanders. You know, maybe he wants to be in the ice, the East Coast. You know, it's possible. So we'll see what happens there. That's definitely an interesting one because it's a weird one. Because yeah, I, I think he's gone. I was gonna say maybe he stays in Calgary, but I think if, you know his ultimate plan was just to make the most money possible and be a Calgary Flame. He could ask Calgary for $10 million a year for eight years, and they'd give it to him, and he would have been signed already. So, Absolutely. Um, I think he goes to market for sure. We talked about Forsberg already. Um, Claude Giroux, I wonder if Florida is able to keep him. I don't know if they have the cap space. Um, if not, like I, I wonder if he goes to Ottawa because he's from there. Hmm. I wonder if he signs with Ottawa. Ottawa's kind of on the – on the up and up, you know, they're starting yeah. to get better. They got some good player, young players there. And he's from Ottawa. Maybe he could kind of be a leader for guys like Kachuk and Patherson and Norris and all those guys. And I'm sure Ottawa could offer him more money than Florida can. And obviously, you're getting taxed way more in Ottawa than you would in Florida. But still, if if Ottawa could offer him three, four years, six, seven million, and Florida could only offer him three or four, he's probably going to go to Ottawa. So we'll see what happens there. The only other thing I really wanted to touch on was, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think you got to watch out for Detroit. I think they're gonna they're gonna make some moves, some savvy moves. Um, the Rangers, what are they doing at number two center? People are saying maybe Kadri. I don't see that happening. He's asking I, for I, eight million. I, yeah, I heard he's asking for like nine and a half million. I like Kadri. I love the way he plays. He played awesome in the playoffs. I don't want the Rangers giving. 32-year-old Kadri, nine and a half million. No way. He's worth 6.57 at most. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I like him as a player. I really do, but I don't I don't want to go down that road as a no Ranger. No way. Guy. No way. Absolutely not. Sorry. And I like Kadri, too. I just, he's not worth that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not a 32, what you said, 31, 32 years old? Yeah, there's yeah. no way. There's no way. I'm sorry. A um, few things. Carolina, I read from Elliot Friedman. Tony the D. Hurricanes are giving Tony D'Angelo permission yep. to talk yep. to other teams. Saw that. That's I think they're crazy. I think they are um, too. I'm a big goes. Tony D guy ever since he was a Rangers uh, on the Rangers. Um, but he had an awesome year for them, fit in well. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't want to keep him in, in there, but the more reading I did into it, Carolina does this with a lot of their players. They kind of let them see what's out there. And then, right, right, right. You know, maybe Carolina knows that no one's really going to 
for him a huge deal because a lot of teams are restrained cap wise. So maybe he'll get a he'll get the long term extension in Carolina. If not, I mean, I could you know I think he'd fit in pretty much anywhere. I mean, Philly, the Islanders, uh, Nashville, even you know, absolutely they, anyone that needs a right hand shot puck moving D man, which a lot of teams are looking for. He's going to get paid. It's just a matter of what team and when. Um, that's pretty much it. That's only, you know, I'm, there's a few other things I, uh, I was thinking of off the top of my head. Rick, I don't know if you have anything to add that you've been thinking of. but No, you, you hit jo- the nail on the John head. John Klingberg, too. I don't know if John yeah, Klingberg, Klingberg stays in Dallas. No, Klingberg is, is, is um, actually another under-the-radar guy, actually. Big D-man, um, contributed in two ways. You know, can, can contribute offensively with his powerful slap shot and whatnot. Um, that's actually an interesting statement you just brought up with John Klingberg. I wonder if he, if he leaves there. Is he a UFA? He will be. He will yeah, be. so it's, mm. it, it, it depends on if he wants to stay in Dallas. Dallas yeah. is a pretty competitive team, good tax state. Um, I'm sure if he goes to the market, you're, he's going to get a team that offers him a massive contract. I don't I'm know sure. who. He's a I'm big sure boy. a team in Canada would. Way. I'm sure you know an Ottawa or Winnipeg would be in there. Um, I'm sure Seattle would offer him money. Um, maybe even Vancouver. I don't know if they have the cap Ooh, space. That too, would be. But, yeah, you know what? Uh, that would be. I actually like that. If they have the cap space, I don't know the current situation. I would actually like that because we're talking about how their their blue line is a little weak there. That would be a great addition. That would be a great addition, actually. Uh, think about yeah, it. If they could fit him in, maybe. So we'll see. Um, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a, there's a few free agents um, that I was thinking of, but yeah, that's uh, that's the only ones I could think of off the top of my head. I mean, I think I think Carolina's crazy. Let Tony D walk. I think they should try to. He fit in real well with them. I also think they should try to resign Trocheck. I think he was great for them too. Yeah, he was a good. Carolina's got the reputation of being a little cheap, and they don't really like to play, pay players like kind of what they're worth. Um, I didn't blame them with Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton got like no, fucking nine him. million a year. No disrespect to him, but I don't think he's worth that. Um, but yeah, I mean Tony D. I don't see how they can't get him done six, six and a half million long term or something like that. You know. Right. Right. I agree. Uh, that's one a, thing I wrote down too. Edmonton. We got to talk about Edmonton a little bit. We, I'm sure we got plenty of Canadian listeners, or I'm just being a little arrogant and thinking that we do. But either way, Edmonton's. They need a to big get a topic. goalie. They need to get a goalie. They need a goalie, and they're going to need cap space for a goalie. I think they move Tyson Barry because mm. I like Tyson Barry. I'm sure they do too. He's making like four and a half million, frees up a little cap space, and then they can go out and pay a goalie. I don't know who. Maybe they make a trade. But I think they're going to move Barry, get an asset for Barry, and then go out and sign a goalie. I don't know who's going to be available exactly, who they could go after. Maybe they try to pursue Jack Campbell. I mean, I'm sure Campbell would rather go to Detroit, but if that doesn't work out, I can see him going to Edmonton. Well, let me ask you this. Um, if they don't move Barry, right, let's just say they like them. They they like him. They have some attachment. Um, what... Who who else? Because I heard uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. I don't know his current cap space, but I heard he's on the move. Uh, on the move. I heard that they're shopping him around because he's apparently a locker room killer. Yeah, I don't. There's conflicting stories about that. There's Edmonton fans that think that's nuts. There's Edmonton fans that think it's a good move. Um, I don't think that's really a cap move though. Cause I don't think he's going to cost you a lot of money. I don't even know his contract situation offhand. But I've heard Barry's name because they like Bouchard. And they think he's going to take Barry's spot anyway. 
and that frees up some money to go add either a goalie, maybe another forward. I don't know if they're thinking about re-signing Evander Kane. I don't know if that's a good idea. He was great for them in the playoffs, but you hear that Kane wants like seven times seven. I think that's a very risky fucking move. I wouldn't do that. I could see getting him, you know, giving him a one or two year deal, but you know, I think it's crazy to lock Kane into a long term extension after all the baggage he's had. Yeah, no, uh, Jack, I agree, man. It's listen. Um, I think Kane fit well with Edmonton. I think he played great. I just don't think it's worth it, like you said, to to pay seven. <laughs> I mean, seven million a year for seven years. Um, maybe one or two more years. You know, maybe at seven million, maybe at six, maybe at whatever. I I mean, listen. Vander Kane's good. There's there's no secret. It's not like you know. It's not breaking news that the guy's good at hockey. So, um, with that long of a contract, I wouldn't do. That's me personally. Max, I would do is four years for him. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting how that plays out for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, it yeah, sucks because I, I I like Kane, but I I just I think that length seven years is way too long. Way too long. What do you got? Yeah, Jack? I mean, you have to remember, not for nothing. Like, uh, like, there's a lot of players that get you know that leave their teams and stuff, and 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 like, like honestly, I know we just spoke about him, but like Tony D'Angelo, there's a lot of stuff on Twitter. Like, oh, he's on. I heard that he was a locker room cancer and stuff. That stuff wasn't true. I'm sorry. Like, I'll go to book bat for Tony D. I don't even know him personally, because I seen pictures. That summer after he was bought out of him at Truba's wedding, hanging out with Truba and Stroll right. and all these guys. None of the guys on the team thought yeah. he was a bad guy. He well, didn't do anything they, bad. They that. also said Kadri was a locker room cancer. Now look, you know what I mean? So Yeah, he's, listen, he, he you know, the thing with Kane, though, is different because Very the different. San Jose Sharks players literally said we do not want him back. Like the, the, the leaders of the team, like everyone in the team collectively said we don't want him back. Uh... You know, we had, he had all his personal issues with, like, the stuff with his wife where there was, like, a, a apparent abuse or allegations of abuse. He had the whole, like, bankruptcy thing with the gambling and all that stuff. I mean, that's just personal problems, whatever. I, you know, I'm not going to shit on the guy for that. Everyone has their own issues. But, like, as far as the, the wife stuff goes, that's scary. If you're, if you're friggin' hitting your wife, that's that makes you a scumbag off the bat. And number two, um if your teammates, all of them are saying, hey, we don't want you back, this and that. And you know what? Not for nothing. The same thing kind of happened at the other the other team. He, when he was in Winnipeg, teams were, his teammates were saying that too. So, like, he went to Winnipeg. His teammates were like, this, we've had enough of this guy. We go. He goes to San Jose, signs that big contract. They've had enough of him. So, I think giving him a big contract is just not a good move. No, definitely um, not. A, a team I could see him fitting in on, honestly – but they're not going to have the cap space to pay him a lot of money like he wants, is Toronto. Like, I'm sure if he played with Matthews and Barner, oh, he'd put up point after fucking point. Yeah. He is a good hockey player. There's no doubt. He's a, he's a good power forward. He's tough. He scores right. goals. Uh, I like him as a hockey player, no doubt. You know, but I just think it's he comes with too much baggage at the end of the day. I think he stays in Edmonton for $6 million a year. That's what I think. I think he stays for $6 mil. One year. I got no problem with him getting six million. I just, yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to get. I don't think he's getting six, seven years. No, no, definitely not. I think it's one realistically one to two years. The max I would sign him is a three to four year contract, max year. But um, I think he realistically gets one or two years, six million. That's what I think. 
That's me personally, that's, and that's whether just, it's in Edmonton or not. But I think he stays in Edmonton, given the given the uh, you know what what he done what he did in Edmonton. I think I think he stays. I think they want him, but you know we'll see. Money talks. and real quick while we're on the topic of Edmonton, what do you think they can do goalie wise? I mean, I don't know who's out there exactly besides I Jack think Campbell. If if I'm not mistaken, I do remember hearing Flory voice that he doesn't want to go there. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Probably not, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I said it before playoffs that Edmonton's a goalie away. I mean, listen, they're already pretty they're, – they're, they're, like, elite. They're elite. They're they're a goalie away from being, like, I think a top-five team in the NHL, honestly. Me personally, I mean, given, given their forwards and, uh, you know, given their decor, um, I, I think that they are a goaltender, like a really good goaltender, whether it's Jack Campbell, a Flurry. Um, a guy like Freddie Anderson, a guy like Shesterkin, a guy like Sorokin. I think they're a goalie away from that, you know, that level of play to be in a top five team in the league. Um, they need an anchor in that, you know? One guy so, I wonder about if he would want to go, and I don't know his, like, movement clause, and I guarantee you if he has no trade clause, he's, gonna, he's not going to wave it to go to Edmonton. But Sergey Bobrovsky in Florida, I think Ooh. you do have to watch out for him. I, I can see them wanting to get rid of him. He makes a ton of money. Does Yeah, he does make a ton. He yeah. makes like $10 million a year. Just crazy. And I think they have a lot of faith in Spencer Knight. Um, mm. That might be a little a little bit premature to do that right now just because Florida is a really good team. So like right. to put all that pressure on Knight right now might be a little risky. But um, I don't know. I mean, you've seen it with, with Shishirkin and, and Lundqvist. Uh, Shishirkin kind of stole the net from Lundqvist and showed how elite he was. So if Knight's the same level as Shishirkin or even a little bit under Shishirkin, um, if they can move Bobrovsky and get rid of his $10 million, they could do a lot with that. Um, I don't know his trade clause, but I doubt he waves to go to Edmonton. But that's kind of what Edmonton needs. It's like a veteran goalie that's that you know is pretty solid. Um, yeah. I don't even know if Edmonton, even if he waived to go to Edmonton, I don't even know if Edmonton could fit in another $10 million cap. Yeah, I Probably think it's not. like 10 and a half too. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they could do. Yeah, that's, you might, you might be moving too many significant pieces to make room for him. So I don't know if that's something they're willing to do, you know? Yeah, you're probably right. I was just throwing it out there, but yeah, I no, think it was good. Watch, it was good. I mean, hey, listen, if he was, if he was, then. if he was on a better contract, that, that would be a nice piece. That'd be a nice addition, really. So we'll see. And uh, real quick, I mean, the news that came out today, Colin White, centerman for Ottawa Senators, yes. battled injuries. Uh, Boston kid, I think he's like 25 years old. They bought out his contract. He was on, a, I think, a six, seven-year contract at like four and change a year. They bought out the final four or five years of that. So um, I'm getting the feeling he's going to go to Montreal on like a one-year deal. Mm. I, think, I think he's going to go to Montreal. I think he fits in well there, and I think the management the staff knows him there. Um, so we'll see, watch for that. I think Colin White probably goes to, to Montreal. Um, I'm sure he'd love to go to like Boston because he's from there, but I don't know if Boston's going to do that right now. They might want to give Studnika like a shot at becoming their like third line center. But uh, right. yeah, I think Colin White goes to Montreal on a one year deal since he's bought out. Hmm. We'll see. I mean, I, I think, uh, like you said, injuries hurt him. Um, Ottawa obviously parted ways, hence the buyout. Um, that's why I also have them picking him a fault. Pick, I, that's why I also have the Senators picking a forward this draft 
uh, considering the release of Colin White. Um, I could see him going to the, the Canadians. I could actually see that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Seattle. I know that's weird. Um, just given the cap space, new team, maybe he wants a new fresh start. He knows he would get playing time. Not that he wouldn't get playing time with the Canadians, but, um, Kraken can afford him. Um, I don't know. I could see him being in a good fit with with the Kraken. I don't know much about them. I could just see that being a a good pairing with Yanni Gord there. Um, good two way forward. You know what I mean? Both of them. So who knows? Um, I could, for some reason... I could see him going to the Sharks. I don't know the current cap space with the Sharks and whatnot, but I could see him actually going to the Sharks, which is pretty funny. Well, whoever gets him, you got to remember they're getting a motivated player. So he just bought out. They're probably he's probably only getting, you know, obviously he's going to get his buyout money from Ottawa each year, but uh, he's motivated to prove himself. So he's probably going to get like a one year contract. Probably not a big cap hit. Right. Um, wherever I'm sure he's going to have some options. I just get a feeling it's Montreal just because they're familiar with him. Like, the management staff there is familiar with him, and I think he could he could probably do pretty well there. Maybe be, like, second-line center. You know, he'll be motivated to play, and, you know, he's motivated to play good, you know, in the same division as Ottawa there, too. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But I think wherever he goes, you know, you may get a team, you know, like a team that's on the, you know, that's going for a cup run that's like, hey, we could add him as a piece, like a, St. Louis. I wonder about a team like Vegas. You know, maybe yeah, Vegas. Vegas, the centerman, you know Vegas, I mean? St. Louis, I could see him going to also. Yeah. wonder about Vegas. Uh, I would definitely look out for Montreal or Vegas for Colin White. All right. Listen, Jack, we, we dove into a bunch of uh, acquisitions, releases, um, new additions to management, to coaching, to all this. Um, I think it's time to dive into the draft real quick for the fans here, for the listeners, for the Puck House listeners. Um, we, we've been hyping this up. We have been talking about how, you know, we love the NHL offseason and we dabbled into the acquisitions and additions and let goes and all this stuff. But it is time for the mock draft for the, the this is, listen, this is the Puck House mock draft. This is JNR's Puck House mock draft, um, specifically for Rick Adams. I am basing my picks off of, obviously, you know, good players, but also team needs. I'm not just going to pick the best guy, 1 through 15. We're going to do a top 15 mock draft. I'm not just going to go through the top players of, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy, because then it's just, it's too, it's almost too predictable. It's almost a little silly. There's going to be some surprises on my end. Um, Jack, what do you have to mention? What do you have to say? Well, I think... First and foremost, I mean, this draft stuff gets a little uh, confusing because you never know. We, we don't really know what these GMs are thinking, right? True. Like, I, true. I, I'm not texting them with Steve Eiserman and Very true. Yes. You know, uh, the GM of the Devils or whoever it may be and saying, hey, who are you picking? You know, they wouldn't be telling me anyway. But, um, you know, the scouting staffs for, for all of these teams do their due, 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 due diligence. I can't even speak. Sorry. But – they they do their due diligence and they they go out and they they scout these guys in person you know that they're watching them whether it's in Finland or, or Sweden or the United States right. Russia wherever it may be right right so they're seeing these guys play in person and they're you know you know it, it happens every year there's always mistakes you, you yeah, go through any there's draft always and you just look yeah. it up absolutely there's there's mistakes all the time I mean like 
you look at Boston, they had the three back-to-back picks. I think it was, I don't know if it was 2015 or 2016. I think it was 2015. Senishin and Zaboral. Yeah, I think it was 2015. They literally could have had Matthew Barzell, Kyle Connor, and somebody else that was really good the other guy. Could you imagine those two? Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. And you know what? And then you have Kale McGarr going fifth and, you know, no disrespect to Heischer or Heiskanen or, or Nolan Patrick, but like, look, like that, that's what I'm saying. Like you, those were the projected picks and right. they were wrong. So I think when it comes down to it, it's really the guys that are really putting in the, the dirty work and, and like going to the games and watching them and they know hockey in and out and they're watching these guys play. They're watching them develop. They're watching for certain skill sets and, certain tools that these guys have so you know me and you could sit here and i've done my research but i haven't seen these guys play in person so yeah i put together a little list just based off the research i did i read some articles and whatever it may be but exactly um it's interesting though because you sometimes you you watch you know some clips of these guys and and you read about them and you kind of like wow like this is the guy that should go to this team it fits and then right, sometimes exactly. you're right and then sometimes it's they go way off board and you're like whoa what happened there exactly um, and sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't um an example of where it worked out look at detroit the year that they drafted Maurice cider most teams were like what the hell is eisenman doing they should have went with this guy well he knew what he was doing because cider is a lot better than whatever player that tsn said they should that he should have picked right right you know what right I mean? so um yeah, but I put together my, my mock draft for the top 15. I did a little research, so me and you could go through it. Yeah. If you want to go first, uh, I'll, I'll go after you. Yeah. And then, um, you know, if any listeners have feedback on the prospects, feel free to reach out and let us know. Absolutely. Yeah, Jack, no, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll start it off. That's not a problem by any means. Um, listen, folks, listen, this is our mock draft. This is what we see. This is what we think good fits on each team. Me and Jack are not going to have – the same picks it's there's rick's picks there's jack's picks this is this is why we do this um i we might be very similar on the top three it might be it might be the same exact three but then after that i have a feeling it's going to be very different um but listen um i'll start it off if if unless jack you want to um i think the first is pretty obvious even though that they have mentioned it's not confirmed and i think jack like you said because i texted you earlier i think you said they just don't want to look bad. They don't want to, you know, be be a little, you know, ahead of the gun there. They don't want to, um, you know, they don't want to look bad. As simple as that. In, in case they do pick them, and then and then it doesn't. It's the biggest bust of all time since fucking uh, Patrick Stefan on the on the stars uh, back in I think ninety eight. But um, you know, it's gonna be first is is Shane Wright. Um, he's been projected first for a while. I I have Shane Wright going first overall to the Canadians. Montreal Canadiens, 94 points with Kingston in 63 games played. There's obviously some other tournament play there. Um, the guy's good on both ends. He's a complete player. Uh, I think he's a franchise player. I think he's a great playmaker. Um, listen, folks, he, he if, if you know hockey, you've heard about Shane Wright. You know what I mean? If you follow the NHL, you've heard of Shane Wright. So the guy's good vision. He's a solid size. You know, he's six foot 185. Listen, these are young kids at the end of the day. They're going to bulk up. You know what I mean? They might grow an inch or two. So, you know, uh, coming in at six foot, 185, um, good size, good IQ, um, sees the rink well. And the only cons I've heard about, and this is this is just, you know, media speculation, is like, 
Oh, he he takes a shift off. He takes a night off. He's not that much of a competitor. But you know what? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I listen. I didn't religiously follow Shane Wright, but he's projected first overall for a reason, right? I mean, that's just my two cents. I, yeah. I don't know. Taking the 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 con of taking a night off is just. I don't know. I think that's a little crazy to me. But what do you think, Jack? Yeah, I well, it, are we? Are you going to run through your whole mock draft, or do you want to go pick by pick and, and who we pick? No, let's go pick by pick. Okay, well, I agree with you. I got Shane Wright number one going to Montreal as well. Here's my thing with Shane Wright. I keep hearing Yuri Slavkovsky is going to go first and this right, and that. And right. You hear like, oh, Shane Wright, he shies away from contact, and they're picking apart his game. Two things to that. He lost almost, almost a full year of development because of COVID. Yep. When the OHL shut down. Yep. He's still got exceptional status. Mm-hmm. Every player that gets exceptional status is going to get picked apart because it's almost like it's you're it's under a magnifying like like glass. A, you're under a microscope. You're under a microscope. You're like the popular kid in school, and people, other kids that aren't as popular are going to pick are going to you know pick you apart or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he he's I really would be surprised if Montreal doesn't take him. I think he's probably got the, the highest ceiling in this draft. He's a centerman. He's super skilled. He's an amazing skater. Um, 100%, I think he goes number one. Uh, I'm not really, at his age and being exceptional status and losing a year of development on top of that, I'm not too worried about you know certain media people or bloggers like kind of picking his game apart. Um, I'm sure there's some scouts that are picking his game apart, but still. I think when you, you know, when it's all said and done, it'd be very surprised if Montreal's GM doesn't go up and pick right. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, listen, I, I've heard about him for the past year and a half. Um, I don't think it's a bad pick. You know what I mean? Even if they do drop down the Slavkowski or even Logan Cooley, I think they will pick Shane Wright. I think it would be a little silly. I think it would be a great fucking fit with him even moving Suzuki to a wing or sh- or right to a wing. And then, I mean, imagine that first line, right, Suzuki, uh, Caulfield. That would be sick. I think they would balance it out realistically. You know what I mean? But I don't think they would make that their top line. Maybe maybe a power play line, yeah. But um, I, I feel like it would be really silly to not pick them, honestly. Like you said, uh, given the fact it was exceptional status, not everybody gets that. Hence the term exceptional status so um like you said we've heard like oh they might not do this they might not pick him they might put this guy and that guy but at the end of the day i I think they are gonna pick him um it wouldn't shock me if they picked him so um that's who i got that's who you got you want you want to move on to the next one yeah absolutely all right so and and folks this might be spot on you know with, with me and jack the first top three it might be but I really do, honestly, have the New Jersey Devils picking Slavosky, Um from Slovakia. The kid had 74 points in 87 games played between all the different leagues they played and whatnot. He's weighing in at 6'4", 225 pounds. He's a big body. He's definitely hard to knock off the puck. He's not afraid of board play. The Devils need a winger. So I think that's why they're going to pick him. Um, you might argue the Logan Cooley's the better player and whatnot, but you know what? I'm going off a of team needs. I think the Devils pick them given the needs that they have. I think they're pretty solid down the middle. Um, the only con I've seen and 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 uh, you know researched about that he's pretty streaky. 
He's a streaky scorer, and uh, he might need to improve on his skating. But other than that, I think I think it's a good pick. I think uh, you can't really go wrong. Um, that's who I have. That's me personally. That's Rick's pick. What, Jack, what do you got? All right, so I got Logan Cooley from the U.S. National Development Program going to University of Minnesota next year. Uh, I have him going number two. I like right. him better than Slavkovsky. Um, I agree with you in the sense where it's a little weird with Devils because they have Hughes and Heischer already, right. so Cooley's a centerman. Right, right. But I think if management's sitting down, like we're taking the best player available, Very I true. think Cooley is going to be the guy that people regret not taking. Yes. I think he's the Matthew Barzell of this draft. I agree. Maybe even better. Um, he's a centerman. He's very skilled. He's a good skater. I think he's going to be a hell of a player. Um, if I was New Jersey, I'd take Cooley. He's not going to play next year anyway. And you figure it out. You know, uh, I don't – I think you take the best player available. I don't think you draft for a position. I think you'd get burned that way. Um, but we'll see. I think this could go either way. But yeah. if it's me, I'm taking Cooley. No, absolutely. New Jersey. No, absolutely, and and listen, that's he's why. Also, a local kid. He's from Pennsylvania, so right. No, exactly, exactly. He's a USA kid. So, you know, listen. It's funny you bring up Cooley because that's 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 who I have at number three. Um, I do have the Coyotes picking uh, Logan Cooley, and the only reason why I think he would drop to three is based on the Devils needing a winger. Um, so listen. It's no secret if you, if you follow, you know, prospects and whatnot, I, it, the guy has elite talent. He's dangerous on the power play. And it's funny you mentioned uh, Barzell. I think of Zegris and Barzell watching him play and watching the film that I saw. He has great one-on-one ability. I think he's a great addition to any team, whoever picks him, if he even drops below three. I think it's a great team. I think he's uh, a great addition to no matter what team picks him. Um you could argue he has smaller size and whatnot, but listen, you know, these are kids at the end of the day. They're going to bulk up. Um, I think his skill set will make up for that regardless. Um, look at guys like Marty St. Louis. You know what I mean? So um, he had 122 points in 79 games played, and that's combining all the, um, you know, the U18, the U20, the USA National Hockey Team Development Program stats. And so I just combined them to, I'm not going to break down each stat and all this stat line stuff. I added them out throughout the year of 21 to 22. Um, but yeah, no, listen, I only have Cooley going third is because Slavkovsky might be picked second just due to the fact that, uh, you know, the Devils need a winger and they're pretty stacked up with, with down the middle. You know, given the fact what Hughes, Heesher, and even Dawson Mercer, who I think is going to be pretty solid. Um, so that's that's me. Um, who, who do you have third? I can only assume it's Slavkovsky. Who do you got? I do. I have okay. Slavkovsky going to Arizona. Um, Slovak, Slovak, Slovakian League, uh, TPS Liga. He's, uh, I think he's going to be a good player for sure. Uh, I wasn't as sure about him as Cooley, obviously, but... Right. Um, I think he'll be good for Arizona. I think, you know, if if New Jersey takes Cooley, like, they could kind of build around Slavkovsky um, there in Arizona. Um, I I did watch some video. He's, he's a big, strong kid, you know. Looks like an elite, like, like pro shot already, you know what I mean? So, um, it's kind of what 
it's kind of what Arizona needs. It's like a kind of a superstar, like kind of excite the fan base a bit. So um, I can see him going to Arizona and doing, and you know, kind of jumping right into things and, and doing pretty well there. And, you know, um, being a young kid and a superstar, I don't think he's going to care too much about that situation Arizona, Arizona's got going on with the building and all that stuff. You know? Yeah, very true. And that and that's not to cut you off, Jack. That is the pros of having, like, drafting a, a young superstar, potential superstar, I should say, um, is that they don't mind the plus, the like, the three-year rebuild that they just enter in because they're so young entering in. So that is the pro for that. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think... I know we had a little... Listen, we're not going to have the same picks. That's the whole point of doing this. I don't think you could go wrong with either guys, honestly. Um, go go ahead, though. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no. That's all I really have is Slavkovsky. I mean, I, I like Cooley better, but he's he seems like he's a real exciting player. Right. And um, he could, you know... I, there's so many teams I could see him fitting in well on, but that's just the way it's going to be. I don't think he gets past three. I think Arizona scoops him up and... They could build around this guy. I'm sure. You know, he 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 looks like he's going to be an elite. Like, I don't know if he's a power forward or sniper. He's kind of a mix of both. It seems yeah. like from the videos I watch. Not that you know, full disclosure, I didn't do a ton of research on him, but just from what I've seen, um, he looks like he could be a little bit of both. So that's right. exciting. All right, let's let's move on to the fourth overall pick, the Seattle Kraken. Um, I honestly. I've seen other mock drafts. I really do. And, and, and listen, I'm, me specifically, Rick Adams is going off the team needs. I think that the Seattle Kraken pick, uh, excuse me, folks, if I'm butchering names, had a few drinks, and these are some tough names, but David Yerasek, or Jirasek from the Czech Republic, um, listen, he's a tall, lean, right-shot D-man. I think that the Kraken need, they need a solid D-man. Um, he's all around good, good IQ, good vision, all that stuff. He has the ability to break out with his legs, vision, passing, all that stuff. Um, he's creative. He's, I think he's a good, uh, good, reliable D man. I think he's both ways solid. Um, and people are calling him like the lightweight version of your boy Marit Sider. So that's, I think that's a great thing to hear. Um, I know we got injured. I know we got injured in, in his, in his, uh, in his past year, I believe. I, I don't, I forget if it was near shoulder, but, um, Listen, they're saying skating can improve, but I mean, listen, it's all subjective. Who knows? You don't know until they get to that level. But um, right. I think, I think, given the needs that Seattle um, is looking for, because really, from what I see, Seattle has what and Vince done. You know, I don't think it would be crazy if they picked Yurisek from from Czech Republic. Um, but Jack, what do you got? I agree with you on this one, Rick. I got David Jiracek, too, going to Seattle. Uh, based on the research I've done, he seems like the best defenseman in this draft class so far. Right. Um, we'll see if we're proven wrong or right. But um, I do think that's, you know, if he's what he's cracked up to be, I think that's a, a good piece to, to build around is a right-handed shot, solid defenseman. Absolutely. So I have him going to Seattle. Yeah, you know they're 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 saying like about him saying possibly injury prone and whatnot, but you know it, you know what it is that it, you're it's, you're so young that like you listen you could say this and that about anybody you know what I mean and that's what the draft is about and it, it's just going based it off performance what you've done in the previous three years and whatnot and so forth so you know it's all subjective and and I think the Kraken do pick him I I think it would be a little silly to pass on him. 
Um, you, you listen. Who's their Who's their D prospects? I don't know anybody. You know what I mean? Um, not that I'm an avid fucking Seattle Kraken, you know, follower, but you know, I I don't. I did my research and looked into it. Um, you know, I I just don't see them passing on uh, on Yurisek here. But uh, hey, we'll see. We'll see when it comes draft day. Um, Listen, fifth overall pick, Philadelphia Flyers. Rick Rick's pick here is um, Cutter Gauthier, actually. Um, USA kid, weighing in at like 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds. Um, from what I'm seeing, he had 102 points in 82 games played between all the leagues that he played in, the U18, the USA national team, um, the U.S. national team development program, all that stuff. Uh, quick hands, quick feet. Uh, big body forward, bringing power and scoring. I, listen, he's a big boy. I think he's a great fit for Flyer-style hockey, especially with Tortorella as coach. Um, big body to create space for other linemen, line mates. Has a solid shot, accurate shot. Um, they're saying that skating can improve. Um, listen... Cutter Gauthier, I, I think, like I said, great fit for the style hockey that, that is played for Philadelphia. I think I, I think it would be a little silly to pass up on him. But it's it's all subjective and perspective, folks. I mean, I see Simone Nemec going to him, but if me personally, if I was GM and, and looking at the fits, especially losing Nolan Patrick, I think I would pick Cutter Gauthier. That's just me. What, what do you got, Rick? Um, I really like Cutter Gauthier, but I put some thought into the Philly pick, and who knows, this Philly pick might actually wind up being moved, so it might not true. be Philly's pick. We'll see what happens. Very true. But I actually have uh, defenseman Kevin Korchinski going to Philly, Ooh, number five. I like that. I think he's okay. fallen under the radar a little bit. Yes. He's already a pretty big kid at 18 years old. He's putting mm-hmm. up a ton of points with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Good puck mover, but he's also big. Um I think he may he may be like the sleeper in this draft. I agree. He drafted higher than a lot of teams are uh, than a lot of like mock drafts are giving him credit for. And I got him going to Philly. I think, um, you know, a big defenseman that can move the puck. I think they could use that. And you know, I think uh, I could see Philly taking him. That's um, it's funny you say that. I have them a little bit. I have uh, Korchinski a little bit later. I like Kevin Korchinski. I just, like you said, he's under the radar. That's why I don't think he goes fifth. But, um, hey, listen, if, if the Flyers reach for him, I don't think, and I say, I don't mean to say reach as, a, as in a disrespectful way. It's just based off of the, you know, projections and whatnot. Um, right. I don't think, I think that would be a great fit. I think that would be a great fit. Great puck distributor, you know. Um, okay, so yeah. listen, you got him. That's I, I, I think that would be a great fit as well, actually. Um. Any, anything else you got to say for the Flyers? No, I like his game. I, I like the way he plays. You know, I, I like my defenseman. And right, he, right. He's able to put up points, but he's also, he doesn't shy away from contact. He's uh, he, he's like a little over six. I think he's like 6'1", 185, right. or he at 18. So, uh, I, you know, I think he's, uh, I, I could see him going a little higher than like people are giving him credit for. I think okay. a lot of teams are. A lot of scouts are going to like him. I'm sorry, he's actually 6'2". Yeah, he is 6'2". I have marked down as 6'2", yep. Yeah. Rick, he had 65 uh, points last year. Jack, you're going to... Yeah, Jack, you're going to like... You're going to like where I have him fit in. Um, He's a little bit lower, but I think when I mention 
not to get too ahead, but when, when I mention where he's going to land, I think I think you're going to like it given the given the facts that will be presented. Um, all right, let's let's move on to sixth overall here, Columbus Blue Jackets. I believe they got this pick from. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they get this from the Blackhawks? Yes, they did. That's yeah. I I bet I will bet money that uh the Blackhawks this will come back to bite them in the ass no matter who they pick. Uh the Black you know bite the Blackhawks in the ass uh, no matter who they pick. All right, so Rick's pick, we have, and and folks, don't make fun. You, I mean, hey, you can make fun. We can have fun with it, but I need Jack Farris's help on the pronunciation of this last name. I have Matt Savoy. Savoy? Matt Savoy? What do you, what do you, what's Savoie. Savoie? Savoie? Okay, look at that, Savoie. Um, yeah, I have him. Listen, folks, this guy, quick feet, quick hands. He can move to the wing if needed. He's a great passer, good playmaker, has a solid shot as well. Um, and he could confuse the de- the defense with his positioning when you know off the puck and whatnot, given his uh, his quickness. So, you know the the cons are that his lack of size. You know he's five nine, one seventy, one eighty. But I, I don't think that the size. Listen, size matters. Yes, ha ha ha. But you got to look at like guys like Brian Gianta that played in like a brutal hitting league. You know, it's, it's yes, hockey's a tough sport, but it's not like it's 2005 anymore where, where guys are getting bashed in, you know? Um, right. Look at guys like St. Louis, you know, how they played during a time like that. So I think a guy like Savoie will, will develop pretty well. He played, uh, he had 90 points, 65 games played with the Winnipeg Ice. Um, listen, I think, I think Savoie in the middle or on the wing between, with line A, I think that's pretty deadly. Um, you know, and listen, that's just from what I see from the film I saw. Um, that's that's really it, folks. Uh, what do you got, Jack? What do you got, Jack, for the Blue Jackets? Blue Jackets, I got them taking Joachim Kamel from Finland. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think they reach a little bit. The reason I think that is because um, Jarmo Pekalainen, GM Blue Jackets, obviously very familiar with the Finnish league and Finnish players. Right. And he's not afraid to reach. Like, he's not afraid to kind of reach for talent and kind of, you know, what what he likes, he takes, even if it's like six, seven picks, you know, ahead of time or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a feeling that they take Kamel if he's available still, which I think he will be. And, he, you know, he's a solid winger that has skill, tremendous upside, is able to score goals. And he's proven that at other levels, and uh, I can see him being a good fit there in Columbus. All right, listen, um, I have him a couple couple places down. Um, I like Kemmel a lot. I think he's going to be a solid player. I think he's going to be a solid goal scorer. Um, I don't. I, I think he would be a good fit there as well. Honestly. Um, listen, the only reason why I didn't pick him is just because down the middle, I know they have, uh, I mean, I think, I think Columbus is pretty solid, uh, on the wing. So that's why I picked Savoie for it to be down the middle, even though he can be moved to the wing. But, right. you know, listen, that's me. I'm not arguing. I'm not, I'm just saying why I picked who I picked. Um, you know, I think they need some pieces down the middle, but, um, no, listen, I think it's good fits either way. Honestly, I don't think you could go wrong with both players be honest with you i agree so I, agree. I like that i like that a lot um adding more firepower can't go wrong right <laughs> um 100%. all right seventh, seventh overall pick ottawa senators um i got jonathan lecker Mackey, swedish kid um 81 points in 73 games played with uh, all the leagues he played in and teams he played with 
Weighing in at 5'11", like 175-ish. Um, explosive player, great skater. This might be arguably a bit of a reach, but, you know, he's an elite elite shooter. He has good separation and solid vision and IQ. I saw some, some film and I was really interested in him a lot. Um, I don't think, I think he's a top 10 pick. I don't think he goes outside of the top 10. That's my opinion. Um, he might not be the biggest, but he might also, you know, I I think his skill set again will make up for that. I kind of recycled that with other things, but I think it's true. I think his skill set will, will make up for his, um, size. But honestly, at the end of the day, he might grow to be six one. You don't know. Like honestly, right. at the end of the day, you don't know. These are kids. These are these are still 18, 20 year old kids. You really don't know. Um, they're saying he might not be the best even strength player, but I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Who knows? These guys are only going to get better. Um, but they could be big busts. You really don't know. But um, listen, that's who I got at the Senators. Um, Jack, who do you got? For Ottawa, I got them picking Simon Nemich, defenseman. Okay. Okay. I think they need help on the blue line, and I, I don't see Nemich really getting past the top ten. You know, uh, Slovakian defenseman, like pretty solid kid, six one, one ninety two. Um, some offensive upside, not a lot, you know, but he's uh, he looks like a real solid D man. So he shoots right. So you already got Shabbat on the left side, right? And I think you look at Ottawa; they definitely need a right-handed shot D-man to build around. They don't. Have, I don't think they really have any even in their system that I'm aware of. Maybe Bernard Docker; he may be a right-handed shot D-man. But Nemich seems like he's really going to be elite, and right. I I got Ottawa taking him. So right, right. Um, I, that's uh, you know, you got if you, if he develops into what he's supposed to be, and you got Nemich and Shabbat, that's a pretty good D pairing. That, that is pretty solid. Um, the thing is, and, and I'm not, this is no disrespect to Nemich. I just, I feel like there's so many forwards that are that are available better than him. But we're also going off team needs. I mean, I've been saying all, all draft here, I'm going off team needs. And, and you're right, Ottawa does need a D-man. So I, I think, um, I think that is a solid pick, actually. I do, even though I do have uh, Nemich later on. But, uh no, yes, listen, I, I think it would be a good fit. I think it would be a good fit for them. 100%. Um, all right, let's get into the eighth overall pick for the Detroit Red Wings. This is, I think, personally, and I don't want to be like a bandwagon with the first top three picks with Cooley and Slavkovsky and, and Wright, but I think this is my favorite pick, uh, my favorite player in the draft, uh, aside from the top three. Um. You might have heard me mention him before. I think Connor Geeky goes to the Detroit Red Wings. He is a massive center. He has great in front of the net presence given his size. He brings great, great uh, size and skill to whatever team he's on. He has a big reach. He's like 6'4, 205. Um, I mean, I think this is a guy you want on your team given his size and skill. Um, you know, the cons they're saying his skating can, can improve. He's a little bit weak going on the left side, the left wing driving in the net. But, you know, I, th- I, I think a guy like this, um, he played with Matt Savoie. Um, I think he's only going to get better. Um, he had 70 points in 63 games played. Um, 
listen, he has a great shot and release. I think I think that uh, he could really be a really good piece and a really good addition for the Red Wings. Um, I could just I could just see that a really good fit. That's just me. What do you What do you got, Jack? What do you got for the Red Wings? So for the Red Wings, I got them taken from the U.S. National Development Program, Ryan Chesley, right-handed shot defenseman. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think I think Steve Eisman reaches again, and and I really like this kid. I've, I've researched him a little bit. He's going to University of Minnesota next year. He's a uh, pretty big, solid kid, six foot, two hundred one, right-hand shot. He puts up some points. He's not afraid of physical play. He's a good skater. Um, I could definitely be wrong, but I, I like this is a guy I could see Detroit liking and reaching for, and a right. lot of and like catching a lot of teams off guard. Right, you know, right. A lot of people off guard. Listen, I actually don't even have him in my top fifteen. Um, I have, I, if I had to pick, I think it would be a later, later first round pick, like uh, after the fifteen, early second round, but. Um, I don't know much about him. I haven't looked into him too much. Um, but, I mean, listen, Yarsman knows what he's doing, right? Yeah, I, I just, I like him, and he seems like one of those guys that could fly under the radar. I mean, just based off, like, looking up his stats and, and watching some video and seeing how he could skate and move the puck, and he's big, he's not afraid of contact. Uh, right. They're 18 at least, but big, solid kid. Um, right-handed shot. He's from Minnesota. He's playing for them next year. Um, I can see him be like, I can see a smart GM reaching for him. Is, is what I'll say. Okay. Smart, uh, smart scouting staff reaching for him. Yeah, and listen, um, Jack. If they do, it it could be it could be making him look like a genius yet again. I mean, I don't think I don't think it would be crazy if he did that. I don't think it would be anything. Um, you know, uh, I don't know what the words would be. Maybe groundbreaking and whatnot, but. Who knows? You 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 clearly did did your research on him. So I, I mean, I trust Jack Farris. I I have trust in Jack Farris, and uh, we'll really see how that plays out. Um, Detroit's an interesting team. Um, I, I like them. Definitely an under the radar team. I think they're a team to watch out for next season. So you know, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how that plans out with them for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I just think that like if there, if there's any GM that's not afraid to reach and, and like has a good scouting staff, I just trust Detroit and their scouting staff and Iserman. So um, I like this Chesley kid. I could be totally off base. Uh, there's a few other people, a few other players I had going at that spot, but um, you know I, I could see I could see this kid Chesley going. Jack Barris calls it now. I hope my listeners are listening. This Ryan Chesley kid's going to go a little higher than than the media is given credit for. He's going to be one of those sleeper picks that goes higher in the first round, I think, to a smart GM. And uh, I don't want to give him too much praise yet, but I almost see a little bit of, like, Adam Fox in him. Mm. And, you know, Adam Fox, you look him up, he was, like, a late second-round pick. Some of these, like, NCAA kids go a little under the radar in a sense. And I don't know, I just like this kid's game. I think he's going to go higher than a lot of, you know, a lot of people are expecting. Hey, listen, time will tell. We'll see. Um... I think Yarjamin knows what he's doing, so we'll honestly we'll 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 leave it at that. Yeah, listen, we'll uh we'll leave it at that and we will probably dive in to the ninth pick with the Buffalo Sabres. Okay. I know you brought him up before. Um I have Yoakum Camel going to the Buffalo Sabres. 
I think it's the piece that they're missing to maybe take a step ahead. Um, great shooter, from what I've seen. People are saying that he could shoot like Ovechkin. That might be a little bit of a reach, but they're saying that he has that hard shot, that good one-time shot like him. So, whatever, you know, that's what they're seeing, that's what they're saying, right? So, gotta add that in there, right? Guy's an energetic, competitive forward. He's speedy. Um, he could be used in all situations, they're saying. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. He's, he engages physically, so he's not, um, he's not shy of contact, but he is a smaller size, but I think his skill set and his, uh, competitiveness will, will make up for that. Um, the only thing that I could say, and this is a subjective stat that people kind of disregard and they don't really like, but he is a lot of, his plus minus isn't good. He is a lot of, he's out there for a lot of goals against. That's what they're saying, but I think he's a guy you would want on your team. The guy's a pure sniper, a pure goal scorer, a pure shooter. Um, so I, I think that's what the Sabres need. Um, I don't think it would be a bad pick. That's if he drops that low. Um, that's that's all I got, Jack. What do you got? What do you got for the Sabres at the ninth pick? Sabres at the ninth pick, I got Carter Gauthier. Okay. I know you picked him higher. I like him too. I don't think he gets past 10. Um, but I, I see Buffalo. Like I see him fitting in in Buffalo there. For sure, so I got I, I got Buffalo taking him. Okay, I like that. I I don't think you could go wrong with with either pick, honestly. I really don't think you can. Um, they're two good forwards, um, two goal scorers. One's just a little bit bigger, bigger body, might play a little bit more physical and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I don't think you could go wrong, honestly. I really don't think you can. What um, what, anything you got else to say? What 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 what, Mister Carter Gauthier? No, I just like him. I, I think he's he's a big kid. He could, it looks like he could turn into like a I've tried like I don't know who to compare him to really. Like I don't want to compare him to Kachuk. I think that's too much of a high praise. But Prime David Backus. <laughs> Prime David Backus, remember him? Yeah, like he's like a power forward and could yeah. score and like you know, if he could turn into a like, you know, power forwards are, are valuable, so absolutely. Uh, I could see him fitting in in, in Buffalo. You know, no, Buffalo's for sure. Skill already with like you know they got Darlene and they got Dylan Cousins and um, guys like that. So I think you add Gauthier to the mix. It's like a uh, like you know nice nice power forward. I can score some goals. American kid. I can see Buffalo fans liking him. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, so listen, the tenth. We're up to the tenth pick, the tenth overall pick in the first round, Anaheim Ducks. I know you mentioned him before, Jack. I got Kevin Korchinski. Um, with the losses of Lindholm and Manson, I really can see the Ducks making this pick. Um, great puck distributor. Distributor. Um, great IQ. He's got a long reach. He, Like you said, he's 6'2". Um, he's a good quarterback on the power play. He could be a possible top pair D-man in the future. Um, I just, I, I think he's one of the best under, under the radar D man. I, and okay. A little crazy for me to say under the radar since he's going to the, you know, since he's going to go in the first round most likely, but, um, I don't think he goes number five to the flyers, but I think he will go to the ducks. That's just me. Um, and like I said, based off team needs, team fits. I mean, listen, 
they got rid of uh, Manson and Lindholm. I know they're saying Manson might come back and whatnot. He's interested in coming back, but um, even if they do get Manson back and they draft a kid like this, I, I just it, it I think it would be great. Um, they could definitely use a guy like that. Um, I think any team could always use a guy like that. And um, that's that's really it. Um, you know, 65 points. So can't really go wrong, honestly. Really can't go wrong, especially losing two solid D-men. So what, what, do you got, what do you got, Jack, for the Ducks? Uh, for the Ducks, I mean, obviously you know I, I, I liked Korchinski a little more than you did, so I picked him higher. But uh, I do like that, that, that fit there in Anaheim, so that was a smart pick by you. But I got Connor Geeky going to Anaheim at 10. Ooh, um, okay. I mean, as far as centers go, like I think you gotta you gotta replace Getzlov and true, very true, big big kid, and um, I could see him fitting in pretty well there in Anaheim. You know, him and McTavish, and uh, you know, obviously you got Zegris, and I think if Geeky's available and Kuchinski's gone already, I could see Geeky going to Anaheim for sure. I actually like that a lot. Um, that's funny you say that. You got to replace Getzlav. You know, I forgot to mention that. I forgot to think about shit like that. I actually really like that fit. I really like that fit, Jack. Um, Connor Geeky, he's, like I said, he's my, like, my favorite player um, out of this draft, honestly. He really is. I, I like the big forward, the big power forward. Um, I think he's going to be a menace on any team. I think he's going to be a problem. I think he's going to be a player to look out for. You know, as long as he does the right things in, in camp and off season and trains and all that stuff, um, I think he's going to be a threat uh, to come. I think I just think, just from what I've seen and given given his size, I, I think he's going to be a big problem. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell, folks. Time will tell. Absolutely. Um, I like that pick, Jack. I actually like that pick. That's that's uh, that that went under the radar with me about Getzlov. You know, I forgot that's a guy you got to replace. So. Um, Connor Geeky could easily fill that role, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, all right, so 11th pick, San Jose Sharks. Um, my pick, and and maybe Jack can help me out with the pronunciation of this last name. I got Denton Matichuk. Um, D-man, right? 5'11", 195 D-man, played with the Moose Jaw. 64 points in 65 games played. He might not be the biggest D-man, but I think he can hold his own standing at, you know, 5'11", 195. I don't think size, I don't think, you know, I don't think his size is going to be an issue given his play style. The guy's a leader. He wins pucks. Um, he's definitely not scared to be physical. He's involved, always around the play. Um, from the film I saw, I think he's very trustworthy. I think he's reliable. I think you could definitely depend on him to make the safe play. Um, I don't want to say he's not a risk taker, but I think he's just very reliable, plays it safe. Um, I think I ha you know what you know what it is. I have him being picked due to the fact that we were saying it earlier. Maybe maybe Mike Greer can can move Carlson and Burns somehow, or maybe one of them, you know, or maybe even right. Vlasic, maybe even Vlasic, you know? So if he, if they, if he moves one of them, maybe he, he gets him, you know, that's, that's what I have going. Um, listen, going off team needs, if they do move one of those three guys I mentioned. So that's just my take. What, what do you got, Jack? Well, the San Jose Sharks, I got them taking Jonathan Lekermaki. Ooh. All right. I, I kind of like this kid. I think 
for some reason, I just think he's kind of fits in with the Sharks. I don't know why. He's like a two-way forward. Uh, you know, like, seems like a smart player. Like, I, I watched, you know, I watched some, some tape of him. Uh, right winger, but it seems like he could play a little bit of center, too. A lot of people had him rated way higher, um, but I don't know. Like, I wasn't as high on him as, like, TSN and all those guys were, but... I do think he's a smart player and a you know good player. And if he doesn't even get past the top ten, it would shock me. But I think this would be a good fit here for uh, San Jose, for sure. Yeah, and they could use forward help, especially if they start making moves. Yeah, no, like I think I mentioned earlier, Lekermaki, Lekermaki. I don't think he goes out of the top ten. If he does, I could totally see the Sharks picking him. I don't think he yeah. goes any lower than the 11th. He's an explosive player, like I said before. Um, listen, I didn't see him in real person. You know, I didn't see him in real life and whatnot. I, uh, you know, but just based with off I'm seeing, I, I think uh, I don't see him falling too low. I really don't. I don't see him definitely falling out of the top 10. If he does, it's definitely to the 11th pick to the Sharks. I, I actually like that pick a lot. That's a good fit. Um, not even trying to just reason with you inside with you, but I actually do like that a lot. Um, I don't think you could go wrong with both picks. I, I Listen, I think Lekermaki's NHL ready. I don't think Matichuk is NHL ready. He might need a year. But um, we'll see, folks. Oh, yeah. T- time will tell. So, listen, we got... We're almost done here. We got Columbus Blue Jackets, 12th overall pick. And um, Rick's pick, who I have, and I think this guy's very under the radar... It's Frank Nazar. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It might be Nazar. Frank Nazar. Frank Nazar. That's who I got. Um, you know, played on the USA U18, United States National Team Development Program, all that stuff. 5'10, 180. Um, guy's clever. He's a shifty, shifty, agile forward. Um, great hands. He's competitive. He's relentless. I think he's like all over the place on the ice in a good way, in a good way, not all over the place sloppy, all over the place in a good way. Um, he's a good penalty killer from what I've seen. He's not scared to block shots. Um, and again, I'm kind of repeating myself. He's not the biggest player, but I think his competitiveness and his play style will make up for that. So, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think it would be a reach for them. I think he's kind of under the radar. I actually have a little star next to him because I think he winds up. I think from the film I watched, I think he's going to be one of the better players in the draft. That's, uh, I don't want to say unknown. That's not the word, but I don't think that's, that's what everybody's thinking about. I don't think this is, I don't think Frank Nazar is, is who everybody's thinking about. Right. But what, what do you got, Jack? All right. Well, I have number 12 Saint. I mean, I'm sorry. Columbus Blue Jackets. I got them sneaking from the SHL Marco Casper, centerman. Okay. And he's 6'2", 187, centerman. I think Columbus really needs centerman. You're right. I think you're going a little later in the draft now. and um, He seems like a real smart player all around. Um, and I think this this could be a real smart pick. I mean, he, he is uh, – he did play in the SHL, and, and he's – he seems to be developing pretty well. Um, a lot of people have him kind of going a little further down, but for me, he, he just seems like a good fit for Columbus. And I, I can just kind of picture them taking him. 
And they need centermen. I mean, they don't really No, you're have right. I said it before. Center. They do. No, they do. Besides, like, Sillinger, Cole Sillinger's centermen. But, like, you know, they, they could definitely use some, like, solid, smart centermen. Yeah, especially a bigger guy than, than uh, Cole. Right. No, I, I, I actually like that pick. That's a good fit, like you said. Um, centermen, they definitely need centermen. And um, he is a smart player, Marco Casper. I actually, I hate to disrespect the guy. I actually don't have him in my top 15. I really don't. Um I don't, but I do have him as an honorable mention. I do. I have some honorable mentions after this, but um, listen, um, that I think you know what I actually wouldn't be surprised if they if they pick him at all. Um, like you said, and I said earlier, they definitely need centerman. They need centerman. So, um, I know Boone Jenner can go from the center into the right wing slot and the wing slot, but uh, they definitely need a bona fide true centerman. So. I, I, I actually can totally see that being picked, and I can't wait for the draft day. Um, listen, let's let's keep it moving. Um, my favorite part, here it is. 13th overall pick, the New York Islanders. Rick's New York Islanders. Um, I got, I, I hate to be like this. I have, I really have two picks here, and and you'll understand why. Unfortunately, and I hate to be this person, but I really do have them picking Brad Lambert, and I don't agree with the pick. Um, I only have them picking him because it's Lane Lambert's nephew. I think the Islanders will draft him just because of the relation. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't think he's worth it. I don't think he's worth it at that pick. Hey, prove me wrong. I hope it winds up being a fucking superstar. I just don't think it's worth it. Um, I think knowing Lou. Um, due, due to the questionable decisions he has made, I think they will pick him due to the relation. Um, and I'm not saying he got hired just because, you know, they know Brad Lambert. I'm not saying, you know, Lane Lambert only got hired because Brad Lambert's going to fall to the Islanders. I'm not saying that by any means, but I just, um, I think that's realistically what's going to happen. Hey, they do need a winger. They do need a winger to play along with Barzell and be a goal scorer and whatnot. Maybe be on the line with Wallstrom, Barzell. But I, I just, I don't know. I mean, the guy only put up 20 points in 61 games played. He's very streaky and inconsistent. I think there's better choices that the Isles could pick. But from what I saw and watched film on, in the previous years, he had, you know, better numbers. Um, he's quick, he's fast, he's a skilled winger, he's an energy forward, he has good awareness, he's a good distributor. Um, but, I don't know, me specifically, I don't think Connor Geeky will fall this low. I would love to have Connor Geeky, I just don't think he's falling that low. I don't think he's falling to the 13th pick. Um, but I also have a little bit of a little, you know, favoritism with, with, with Connor Geeky. So, but realistically, my second pick if um not not to get like this, but I, I'm just being realistic, knowing the past history of how the Islanders are. I think they're gonna favor to the relation and this is, you know, Lambert's nephew and all this stuff. I think they will pick Brad Lambert, but I really do I'm gonna have them picking Simone Nemec, actually, the Islanders. If Simone Nemec falls that low. Um right, right shot D man, good QB on the PP. Um he's a sneaky strong defenseman as well. Um, that's who I have. Those are my two picks. Um, I hate to really be like that and say two picks, but I'm just being realistic and then who I would really want. You know what I mean? So 
Um, that's who I got. Jack, who do you got for the Islanders, man? All right, for the Islanders, I got them going with defenseman Pavel Mitikov, mm. Russian defenseman, Saginaw Spirit. Last year, put up 62 points as a defenseman. Um, he's a left-handed shot, great skater. Um, you know, I, I think they're not going to be picking in the top five or ten, right? So they're... <laughs> upside with this and this is kind of the best player I saw I mean obviously you mentioned with with uh with you know Lou making some mistakes they got rid of Letty I know that was kind of a cat move but right. getting rid of Devin Tays was like just the ultra fuck up right right so good they should have tried to make cap space to keep him absolutely but um I think you add this guy Mint Bukoff to you know he's in the OHL uh 67 games played 62 points he's uh 6'1 197 um you know I, I do think you got Sorokin there too, like a you know, so he could be kind of like the the mentor since he's like a Russian. True. Too, so they got the same cultural like you know um, similarities and everything like that. And um, yeah, I think he's going to be a good player, and um, I could see the Islanders taking him if he's available. I think that he'd be a good fit for the Islanders for sure. I think the Islanders need to kind of restock their defensive uh, yeah. prospect cupboard in a sense. You know? No, absolutely. No, Jack, I agree. Um, as much as they need a fucking pure um, goal score and whatnot, I do think that... I, I think they're going to go defense, but I know I just... I'm kind of like contradicting myself. I just said I think they picked Brad Lambert, but... If they don't pick him, I think they're going to go defense. And I only said Nemec because of my mock draft. I don't have Nemec going in the top 10. Um, that's basing off what I see, though. I know he's pretty favored going in the top five. But um, listen, that's I, I agree. I think uh, I think it's good fits regardless because they need to replace guys like Taze and Letty. So maybe that's a future come-up pick, and then maybe they sign a forward to replace that goal scoring they could pick in the draft. So we'll see. Time will tell, folks. We're almost done here. Um, we got the 14th overall pick, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Rick's pick for the 14th overall pick, and this might not be on anybody's radar, is Isaac Howard. That's who I have. Um, USA kid, 130 points in 93 games played throughout all the uh, you know the leagues and teams he's played in. Um, it's pretty impressive numbers. I know it might not be the OHL, the WHL, and all this stuff, but it's still pretty impressive numbers. I mean, you're still playing against future prospects, future NHL players. You know, you're still playing at an elite level. So, um, you know, the guy's not a grinder, but his skill play will make up for that, I believe. Uh, great IQ and vision. He's good in the offensive zone, a quick, uh, agile player. Um, they're saying he's a transition threat. I mean, numbers don't lie, folks. I know I know that these prospects, if they put up 130 points, doesn't mean they're doing that in the NHL. By all means, it's no secret. We all know that. But um, I think, I don't know. I, I know, I don't know. The Jets might lose Dubois. I know they have a guy like Kyle Connor who's really good on the wing. But I, I don't know. I, I could see him being a good fit there. Um, you could argue they might need help on the blue line and whatnot, but I just, like you said earlier in the draft, uh, I think they're going to go with the best available. I think Isaac Howard might be a little bit of a reach, but I think if you do your research, I think he might be the best available forward. What do you think, Jack? All right, well, 
First, for Winnipeg, I got them taking Matthew Savoie, mm. who I know you took a lot earlier. Yeah. Uh, wow. Playing for the Winnipeg Ice, so he kind of stays yeah. home in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadian kid. Um, put up a big numbers in juniors, you know, and super skilled. And um, I, I definitely – I don't I don't think Savoie goes past top 15 at all. You know, I, I don't think so either. He may, he may go even earlier, but I think Winnipeg scoops him up here at 14 if they got the opportunity to, and I think he fits in well. Um, maybe someone they could kind of keep around to. I mean, he's already playing hockey for the Winnipeg Ice. He is Canadian. And it's no secret, you know, Winnipeg has trouble retaining talent. Like, people don't really want to live there and stay there long-term. Like, they have trouble attracting free agents. A lot of guys leave there. So um, this is a guy they might be able to kind of build around if he turns into the player that he's supposed to be. So I definitely see Savoie going to Winnipeg here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could go wrong with both both picks there, Jack. Honestly, um, they're two skilled forwards. Um, it's no secret. It's no secret if you if as long as you you know you're in touch with this type of hockey and these prospects and whatnot. Um, yeah, you you, you really can't go wrong. Um, I don't think Savoie goes out of the top fifteen at all, but I also don't think he goes out of the top ten. I think he's going to be a top ten pick, but that's just Rick's projection. That's Rick's picks. And it's all subjective. It's all opinions, folks. We will see. Time will tell. I cannot wait till the 7th. I can't wait for the NHL draft. Um, that's it. I mean, that brings us up to our 15th pick, folks, and we're going to end it on here. Um, I hate to say this because I know it's a mock draft, and I know that it's kind of cheating saying two picks, but I know I did it with the Islanders, and I'm only doing it because it's a little bit realistic. Um, we mentioned the Canucks, right? They need D-men. So, for the 15th overall pick, I have the Vancouver Canucks selecting. As long as he drops this low, and I know this is crazy, I do have Simone Nemec. I know that's crazy, folks. I know it's a little crazy if you do your research on the on this kid. But, as I said previously, I think there's so much better forwards available. And Jack Farris said that they're going to go with the best player available. I think that teams will take forwards more than this kid. I know he might be a top five, top three pick. I think Yurisek gets picked before Nemec. I think Nemec drops. I think his stock drops, but we will see. Um, you know, we we touched about him a little bit before. You know, good vision. His, his IQ is great. He's reliable. Um, you know, the, the cons that I saw, that not that I saw, that I researched, people say awkward skating. But, like, is that a con? Awkward skating? Come on. I mean, really. Awkward skating? Everybody has a different posture. Everybody's build is different. So what's awkward skating? I think that's a bullshit con. I think that they just couldn't think of anything, and that's what they did. And then people will go, oh, well, if they couldn't think of him anything, why is he dropping so low on, on my, you know, my pick? I don't know. I, again, I think it comes down to more forwards are better. Um, I think more teams before this need forwards. So... And I think I think Kruczynski is the better D-man, honestly. So that's why I think Nemec drops. Um, listen, right shot D-man, you, you can't, you know, they're they're uh, hard to come by. I feel like the guy is a distributor. He's a playmaker. He's a good two way two way D-man. So um, I think the Canucks could really use somebody like that. Um, that's, yeah, I like that. Listen, that's only if he drops that low. And right. and and this is where my second player comes in. If he doesn't drop that low, my second D-man is Seamus Casey, and it's a little bit of a reach. Um, 
Very small size for a D-man in the NHL. But, I don't know if you know this, Jack, he has played forward before. And I don't yep. want to compare him. I don't want to compare him by all means to fucking six foot five Dustin Bufflin. But maybe they maybe they flex him. Maybe they alternate him to to forward and D. You don't know until the time comes, man. You really don't know. Um, I like Seamus Casey. The guy's a a, a pure puck mover. Um, Kind of reminds Tory Krug in a sense. Yeah, I was gonna say Tory Krug and a little bit of, and skill. a little bit of Latang, honestly. Um, maybe not the size stature, but the way he moves the puck, I just I don't know. I like him. I like him a lot. Um, I think the Canucks pick a D man. I really do. We were saying it earlier in the podcast. I think the Canucks pick a pick a defenseman, given the fact that they do need somebody to play along with Quinn Hughes. And um, you brought him up earlier. I don't know the given cap situation. I wonder if Klingberg goes to the Canucks. But we'll we'll touch into that. That would be cool. Yeah. They have Klingberg. Be a good fit. They have Ka- Seamus Casey or Nemec if he drops a low coming up, and they have Quinn Hughes. I I think you're. I think that would be solid. But but Jack, what do you got? What do you got for the Canucks, man? All right. Well, if I'm gonna cheat a little bit too, I had a note here. I I, I got the guy that I originally picked for Vancouver. And then I have a guy that was in my honorable mentions that um, I'm starting to really regret not putting in my top 15 because I think he's going to be a, a real good player. Um, I'll start by saying I think Vancouver here goes with Brad Lambert mm. at 15. Mm. I think they're going to shoot for upside because it's the lower end of the draft. You know? True, true. Um, and really hope he just turns into the player he's supposed to be, even though he's really dropped. And he hasn't been putting up the points that they're expecting to put up and all that stuff. Um, you know, go back to like the beginning of this year, beginning of the season, Lambert was like in the top five. Like they're right. like, you know. Um, so I, I could see Vancouver shooting for, you know, aiming for upside here and hoping that Lambert like reclaims it himself over the next couple of years and kind of turns into like a, you know, maybe a number one center or at least a number two or something. So um, I could see that happening. But the other guy I had was Frank Nazar. Like, I'm really kind of regretting not putting him in my top 15 the more research I do on him. Just from the points he puts up, his size, right, right, just right. the way he plays. Uh, I don't know if he gets past the top 15 in arc, but uh, I could see either guy being a fit in Vancouver. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think maybe they take Lambert just for the, the potential aspect of him turning into maybe a number one center if he really starts, like, you know, polishing his game. Because the talent's there, the skating's there, and stuff like that. So, no, oh, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't think you go wrong. You know, with with both picks there. Um, I'm a little questionable about Lambert. Um, I might, I, I might be a little bit, I might be a little bit biased just because I don't want the Islanders picking him, and I think that the Islanders will pick him given the fact that it's Lane Lambert's son, uh, son Jesus nephew, but. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not. I, I, I seen him drop and everything, and and all this stuff. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, subjective about it. But I think the Czar would be a great fit on the Canucks. Honestly, I really like that actually a lot. Yeah, if he's available, he may go higher. Now that I'm like thinking more into it, but yeah, hundred percent. I, I could see either guy going there, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's our top 15. I'm kind of curious how it pans out after the draft, if any of us were right, you know, if we, oh, yeah. if we nailed anything down. Especially, you know, the top three is kind of like, yeah. you know, subjective. But, like, as far as the top 
you know, after that, like from five to fifteen, like you know, if, if we got like right, it would be yeah. interesting to say. Yeah, I'd actually be shocked if Yurisek uh, doesn't go to Seattle. I think they need that right hand puck moving guy, um, pretty big. You know what I mean? Six three. Um, I think that would be a great fit for him. And I, I like again, like I think we mentioned about uh, I forgot who, but I, I don't think these young guys coming in are gonna mind like a two year rebuild. You know, I really don't think right. so. Because it's, you know what it is? It's a little bit less pressure, you know? So, it's not like you're getting drafted to Tampa where you're supposed to fit in, play right away, be a superstar, and lead, not lead, but help lead the team to a cup and whatever. So, there could be, you know, not, not I wouldn't say less expectations, but not as much expectations, if that makes sense. So, um, oh, yeah, I want to say something. Honorable mention, Owen Beck, given the Fiella trade, going to Minnesota Wild. If he falls that low, and if they want to reach, I think Owen Beck goes to Minnesota Wild. I think they have the seventeenth pick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think they're gonna go there. I think he's gonna go there, and um, I like Owen Beck. I I, uh, I I think he's a solid winger. I think he's versatile. I I watched some film. He's a good skater, and he puts the puck in the net. So I mean, listen, it's it's a little little like. Okay, wow, great. You just said some fancy things about Owen Beck. But I think given the um, the loss of Fiella, I think they're going to want to replace it right away. Not that I'm saying Owen Beck is NHL ready or anything, but I think, um, you know, uh, they actually, folks, they actually have the 19th pick, uh, the Minnesota Wild. But, you know, I don't know. I think, uh, I think they're, they're going to pick him. I think that would be a good fit with them. Um that's all I got. That was really my only honorable mention, because um, he was yeah. on, he was on my radar, Owen Beck. But um, what do you got, Jack? Any anything honorable mentions or anything? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I had like I said, Frank Nazar, which you already picked him higher. I, I do think he, he's going to be a good player, and I like him, so I, I could see him going somewhere in the top fifteen for sure. Um, but the other two guys I had, one guy was Owen Pickering. Okay. I like Owen Pickering. Uh, pretty big kid. He's 6'5", uh, 179, left-handed shot, Canadian kid from Manitoba. Um, but he really turned it on this year with the, with the Swift Current Broncos. 33 points, um, played really well defensively, it, you know, so I think he's kind of starting to round out his game. And um, I could see him being another guy that, like, really is kind of sought after. You know, any big defenseman that's capable of skating is, is going to be an asset to a lot of teams. So I could see him going a little higher than maybe people are giving him credit for. Um, you know, another guy that I like is uh, Rucker, McGro- uh, R- Rucker McGrody, which is actually a super cool name. <laughs> that's a great name. That's a great yeah. hockey name. Rucker McGrody. I love it. Yeah, that's that's kind of a stud name right off the bat. But he's six one two oh five. He's from Lincoln, Nebraska, and um, he's going to the University of Michigan next year. So um, that's a guy that I could just see being a good player. Cool name. Going to the University of Michigan. Um, twenty one twenty two. He had sixty nine points in fifty four games played. Um, you could see this guy turning into a good player, and he's got the build already to be right. You know, right. And the cool thing about McGrody is he's played center and right wing. So he's versatile, so I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I have Rucker McGrody. I got him starred as, like, a possible reach by somebody. You know, like, 
that that might be a pick where like you think he you know, goes the to average, Nashville? The average hockey fan doesn't really know him, but he gets picked a little higher. Where do you where do you think he goes? I can see him going anywhere from you know fifteen to twenty. But like like I said, he like this is the type of guy I think a lot of teams are gonna like. Like I can see a lot of scouts liking this guy, and you know maybe reaching for him even higher than that. But he's definitely going somewhere in the first round. All right. Hey, listen, we will say time will Jack tell. Barris calls it. Rutgers going in the first round for sure. All right, uh, uh, Rick. Rick will uh, agree with you there. Um, I say he goes to Nashville. Rucker McGrody, the Nashville Predators. That's what I'm going to call it right now. Rick's pick right there. Rucker McGrody going to Nashville. Um, All right, folks. That's really it. Honestly, we we we. This was the one of the longest podcasts since the first episode. Um, we dove into both things here. We dove into the, the some free agent move, uh, some some trades and some acquisitions and whatnot, and uh, some some new hires in the in the Sharks organization. Mike Greer, um, you know, we we dabbled in a little bit of everything. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't know about you, Jack. Actually, I know the answer to that, but uh, I can't wait for July seventh at seven p.m., folks. Um, we'll start a little bit earlier. We're gonna start probably around six thirty, six forty-five. We're gonna go live. Um, Jack, what do you got to say? Honestly, anything to wrap it up before we before we head out? No, I think we touched base on a lot of the important stuff here. We we kind of, uh, you know, we flirted with the free agents market and what, what our takes are, and it's going to be fun to dive into that. See what's uh, if we're right or wrong about anything, and uh, you know, it's right around the corner. So we got the draft and the free agency coming up. I'm excited too. Yeah, we're going to go live for the draft. Uh, we're going to apply for the draft with free agency. I forgot now. No, we're gonna no, not for free agency. It's a little that's a little crazy to do. It's too long. It's not, yeah. it's not in real time and whatnot. At least the draft is. So, right. folks, we will be going live around six thirty to six forty five p.m. Um, for the NHL draft twenty twenty two live podcast live on YouTube. We will go live once again. I said it five times in a row here. Um, yeah, listen. Viewers, listeners, whatever you want to call it, call us up. You got our number. You got my number. You got Rick Adams' number. Um, if you want to call in, make some predictions, make some off-season predictions, talk about the past playoffs, talk about a sick goal, whatever you want to do, a sick fight. I don't give a fuck. Let's talk about it. Um, we Listen, we'll talk hockey. We'll talk about it, really. As simple as that. Um, again, it's 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 going to be great. I, I actually love this time. Um NHL draft, it's like a holiday for me. So, uh, just yep. as good as the uh, trade deadline. So, um, that's really it. That's all I got, Jack. What do you got? That's it? That's it, listeners. I think we've covered a lot. It's a long podcast. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for the draft. I want to know if I'm right about anything. So, oh, yeah. I want to know if maybe if I'm just as smart as some of these NHL GMs. Yeah. Listen, Jack, keep your notes because I'm going to have my notes here. Uh, we're going to, you know, we'll go off. We'll, we'll cross off our list here on our players that we projected here. So that'll be fun to do as well. Yeah, I was thinking that too, and we could listen back to this podcast too to figure out who we picked and didn't pick too. So that's yeah, good. absolutely. All right, folks, that that really wraps it up. Um, stay tuned for the live podcast, July seventh, once again, starting around six thirty, six forty-five p.m. Uh, July seventh, once again, and um, don't miss out on it. Even if you're on the road, you just throw it on YouTube while you're driving or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure it out, folks. We'll figure it out. We can talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right, folks. That's it. Rick Adams wrapping it up with Jack Farris on the line. Um, that's about it. That's all I got. All right, listeners. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.
All right. Later. Enjoy the night. Later. Bye.